and welcome to the Raptors Show on Sportsnet. I'm your host, Glenn Lou. Back from a pretty short vacation, I would say. Um, away for the weekend. Missed a lot of Canada basketball. It was uh, not shown in the States. And no, I could not use ExpressVPN to then watch Courtside 1891 like a true fiend. Even that wasn't working for me. So uh, just was unable to, to watch the Canada performances. But thankfully, while I was away, we had... a. Uh, you know, the hardest working man in the podcasting game, Alex Wong, did a solo pod where, incredibly, he also did not listen or watch the game. And so he just imagined the game with a set of uh, uh, headlines and some controversial first take opportunities, which I can then go into here on this episode. But joining me is that hardworking man, Alex Wong, who was on hand to recap the uh, 55-point win over Lebanon What's good, my brother? Tabule or uh, Fatouche? Uh, what? Um, what's up, Will? Hello, friends. I'm back. Um, it's great. I mean, to you never, you never went anywhere. Yeah. What do you mean you're back? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I mean, I mean you know. Oh, right, 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 right. Where's the guest list been? Um, it's really, it's really the dog days, you know. Um, out of ten mini schnauzers, it's ten out of ten right now mm. when it comes to the dog days. Of, of summer and of basketball but I, I do think FIBA World Cup is is holding us down and you know I woke up uh, on Sunday I know while you were enjoying the Windy City and yeah I mean got a lot of messages um you know on on, on X and from you as well yep. uh, to find out that Canada had actually won by 40 plus points over my brethren's um from Lebanon yo name me one player and, on that team yeah. that wasn't Omari Spellman I don't eat. I didn't even know Omari Smellman was on that team. How did you I couldn't what? spell. No, I couldn't spell you. I couldn't spell you a single man on that team. Listen, wow. I looked at. I looked at one box score, one side of the box score, and that was the winning side. Um, and, and that's all I needed to know mm. when when I saw Trey Bell Haynes. Uh, when I saw Trey Bell Haynes' line, I knew I had to record a pod. But yeah, I had to I had to spend uh, two hours prepping for that pod. So yeah. Uh, it was a, uh, it was fun. You know, I had, we had promised that we would do it. Um, you know, thankfully Latvia put up a great first half, uh, against Canada. Otherwise I would have had to do it again on Tuesday. Did, did you watch uh, that game? Cause yeah. that game at least was like regular human hours. That was EPL. Hours. I, I did. Yeah. I did. My my nephew my nephew was actually sleeping over and right right. He uh, I guess kids or normal people wake up at six in the morning. Oh what? Because uh. yeah he he sleeps at ten thirty and wakes up at six. Okay. So, All right, that's a solid eight hours yeah, though, basically. Yeah, we were able to to watch the game together. Wait, so yeah, when did you uh, go to sleep? Then did you also go to sleep at ten thirty? Uh, you know, he went to sleep and then I put on AirPods and, and turned on the TV and, and watched, uh, 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 Oppenheimer doc on, on the Criterion channel. Yeah. Yo, God damn Sorry. it. He's, he's back. Um, and this guy yeah, watching no, Oppie. <laughs> Yo, man. You're right though. The fact that everybody calls him Oppie really takes me out of I'm it. I'm like, is 21 Savage in this movie? Why do they keep saying Oppie? <laughs> It's like, can we take this man a little seriously? Like, he invented the atomic bomb. Um, but you but, know what? Honestly, yeah. when you watch the film, and I, I don't know anything about the actual particulars of the histories of, like, what actually happened. But when you watch... I'm sure you do. I mean, yeah. I, I know, like, rough, like the rough idea, which uh, I think yeah. is kind of portrayed in the film as well. But it kind of seemed like he was the coach of the guys who invented the atomic bomb, you know? Like, I didn't see as many, like, hands-on opportunities. When, when they got to... Los Almos. It seemed like he was just managing the teams in a little petty infighting. Like he, he reminded me very much of a head coach. 
Yeah, he did recruit. Um, like he had a great free agent class. He basically oh, yeah. re- recruited every single scientist in in the world. Um, well, I, yeah, I think we, Chris Nolan said yeah. said like the first it was like broken into three uh, acts, which were all an hour each, I guess. But like the first one, he was like, it's kind of like a heist movie, and I'm like, yeah, this kind of did feel like Ocean's Eleven, except they're blowing up like two cities in Japan. So um, yeah, and then the last, and then the last. Um, Last hour was a Law and Order episode mm, in the courtroom in black drama. And white. Yeah, yeah, I still got to go back to watch it. Um, you know, surprisingly, even in the dog days, it is kind of hard to like find time for a three-hour movie. Yeah, it just takes up your day. You know, like well, the funniest but, thing is um, when I went to see Oppenheimer when it like the first week it came out, uh, I went with my bro and we went to like we had like lunch beforehand because we knew like you had to plan ahead. Like this is like a camping trip, not a movie. Um, mm. so we went to. What was the Ethiopian place like near work? The one I'm young. Oh, I, yeah. I, I forgot the name, but yeah. that's the one that we went to one time. Right, right, right. Was that the first time you had Ethiopian <laughs> food? Uh, I think so, I want to say. Yeah. It's either the first or second time. Uh, no, actually, I went to, I went one time in New York. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Uh, Ethiopian house. That's that's the place at uh, 4 right. Irwin. But it's 4 Irwin Ave. Yeah. Um, so, wow, 4.5 on... On Google reviews, yeah, with with a thousand, over a thousand reviews. It was, it was a, it was a great place, great food. It was a lot of good food, and we also got the coffee mm-hmm. ceremony as well. I love, I love that thing. But, um, so then we went. So again, we literally ate, had coffee, and we're like, All wow, right, let's go watch the movie. Sat mm-hmm. there for three hours, was pretty devastated, which I think was kind of the intended effect of like you leave the movie theater, you know, questioning a lot of things, and then you walk mm-hmm. out. There's just a sea of people wearing pink, and they're all getting ready to watch Barbie. And then we're like, okay, what are we going to do after we left the theater? We're like, yeah, let's get food again because <laughs> that's how long that movie was. So, Oh, man. Did you grab some monkey sushi no, with your bro? Relax. Relax. Oh, I would never okay. do that to him. Uh, we, no, we, we I'm really chop questioning chop, your – oh, okay. Shows to Chop Chop. I still need to walk in and be like, do you guys also recognize me? Um, that's something that I need to do. Yeah. I walk by I walk by Chop Chop all the time. You said there <laughs> – It's because you're going to the patois all the time. <laughs> No God! It's right um, across the street. Ah, um, do um, uh, yeah. They're, they're, you told me they're listeners of the show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's um, that's amazing. There's also a coffee shop on Dundas. I need to grab the name. It's across from the Lambo's Deli. I don't know if you're if you know that place, but they're listeners as well. Huh? Because I went in one time and they were like super thrilled, and they were like, "Yeah, big fans." So, anyways, I'm gonna grab the name and give them a shout out. Lambo's it's not, Deli. It's, where even is it? Yeah, it's huh. it's it's not your it's not your friend at Propeller's Coffee, right? That's not where. It is. No, that's a different one. Although Propeller Coffee okay, is okay. also really good. It's just around the corner from uh, Lansdowne Station. Right, right. Okay, so those are all the recommendations. Yeah, but you know, shouts to Oppie. Definitely want to watch that movie again. I don't even know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you were saying Oppie. you 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 had your, your nephew sleep over. Oh right, right, right. So I watched the Doc and yeah, so I watched the Dockenheimer. But yeah, no Canada. Listen, man, I don't know. I don't know what else can be said about their their preliminary like group stage. Like it's just I mean, they won in every way. They came back uh both against France and Lafia and like Shea's just taking over these games. It does make me think like I kind of wish Jamal Murray was there. Yeah. I know he had to pull out because of injury. Because man, I feel like if Jamal was there, you add him to this team, I would declare Canada the clear favorites to like win this tournament. Yo, honestly, like I feel you on that. I really do. Um, but I also think that, like, even just the group itself has is, is really impressed me, like, just overall. I, I thought their offense mm-hmm. was actually going to be okay. I had some questions about their defense. 
I mean, just watching the games, I, I love the way that they've been able to defend. And maybe it wasn't too surprising because from what I understand, Jordy's role with the Kings this past season was a focus a lot on the defensive end. Like, so the Kings obviously had this like really um, jubilant season where, you know, obviously they finished above 500 and made the playoffs for the first time in like 20 years, some odd. Um, and I remember very distinctly, you remember there was a game where the Kings were in Toronto and the Raptors were just cooking them in the first half and Mike Brown. Oh yeah, this is Mike Brown got tossed. He got right? tossed. I think, I believe in either the second or third quarter. Right. But I just remember mm-hmm. him walking up the floor in his vans. Cause that was the kind of swagger the Kings were on all season. The, all the coaches. Oh yeah. Won. The whole coaching staff was wearing vans, man. <laughs> Yo. Yo. Yeah. That's got, that's kind of amazing. It's kind of like, we need the Raptors. You know how we always make fun of, um, not make fun of, but we point out that Chris Boucher, um, and shout out to Mike Roach, his uh, podcast co-host. Like mm. they both wear the the Puma uh, sweatsuits. Yeah, we, we need the whole we need the whole Raptors coaching staff in Puma sweatsuits. Yo, I'm I'm just saying that uh, that's another thing that you know the NBA could take from like you know uh, uh, European soccer is just like watching the managers sitting on the sideline in track suits. It's it's hard. Like I, wait, don't managers wear uh, suits? So they can wear whatever they want. So some managers choose to dress up. And maintain mm. that sort of appeal. Some people just kind of like, go with the flow, right? Like Pep, Pep wears suits. No, no, no. Pep usually does not wear suits. Pep mostly what? just wears like a track suit or like a like a sweater. Very, usually like a monocolored sweater. Like he he's like a like the like he's going to Uniqlo and getting a sweater and just wearing that. Oh man, yeah, I'm looking up up right now. Yeah. So I was wearing this like really skinny long sleeve like black sweater type. But they look pretty cool on the sideline, just in track suits with a ball cap on. Like that's that's Jurgen Klopp this past weekend where Liverpool completed a miraculous two one uh, upset win over Newcastle, despite being a man down uh, with Virgil Van Dijk picking up his first red card in over six years, I believe. No, who needed to hear that? Right, man? but you look over and it's just Jurgen Klopp celebrating, wearing a tracksuit with a hat. It looks cool. So anyway, this, this is just something I, w- I would like to see for the NBA as well. But yeah, um, so, so Mike Brown gets tossed. Mike Brown gets tossed. Jordy Fernandez coaches the rest of the game in Toronto, and as you remember, mm. the Kings actually came back and won that game. It was a one-possession game that the Raptors lost down the stretch. I, I can't, I can't. Yes. Yeah, so- sounds familiar. It's yeah, like one of fifty, familiar. basically, uh, of this past season. Yeah. And then I remember the video, and this is not too uncommon in the sense that, you know, like the assistant coach gets the win for the head coach who's away for some reason or got ejected in this case. And then they go back to the locker room and have a celebration. You can literally look this up. The Kings won the game and Jordy Fernandez goes back to the locker room and they gave him like, you know, uh, just they just showered him with like, I guess the Gatorade shower, but, you know, mostly with water bottles. Um, I guess the bile steel, it doesn't really hit the same when they're showering somebody with the bile steel. Um, mm. you know, juice or whatever. But regardless, like they had a, they were not getting showered with a bile steel juice. Yeah, it just doesn't sound the same, man. On, man. They had a juice party. Holy it sounds like a the plot to one of the Spider Man movies. But like you, you had Jordy just getting celebrated so much in that moment. And I remember over the course of the season when I got aware of sort of what Jordy was doing for the Kings. A lot of it was like him handing out, you know, those those chains that they would have for defensive player of the game. Kind of like similar to when the Raptors would hand out those like wrestling belts, you know, um, for whoever mm. did the best in practice drills and stuff like that. Jordy was always handing those out for the defensive player of the game and stuff like that. And, you know, it just felt like, again, he had a really good way with players, um, especially just, you know, in terms of the personality and the man management. And I think that's been one of the big takeaways 
from you know just even me catching up on the games and listening to the interviews because like again i couldn't use my express vpn to watch courtside 80 and 1891 yeah i don't get it was there no courtside 1891 in the u.s i think maybe i don't know why i didn't try this but i could have just not maybe used the express vpn and just like use courtside 1891 but regardless like Mm. i don't know how much time i would have had on a bachelor party to to watch some of these games but even just like watching the clips and watching the interviews and stuff like that like one of the big takeaways is just jordy seems to have found a way to connect with the players and to earn their respect and that to me is is really impressive considering he, he came so new to the group i would say it was such a you know it's not an ideal situation where the players all know him or you know have built this bond like when he first br- got brought on it was like okay he might he knows jamal murray from you know being a longtime nuggets assistant jamal's not there right he's like oh well he has trey laws on his team trey laws is not there on the team like, I don't even know what the specific prior NBA connections he had with the players. And yet, when you see him lead the group, he looks natural, he looks confident, but he also is, you know, very selfless in terms of how he def- um, gives praise to the team. Like, there was the post-game press conference after they came back against Latvia. And, you know, you heard him. He, it's some, I think um, Alex Adams, who's one of the reporters down there for Baptist Republic, he asked this question at the press conference where... He asked, like, you know, coach, like, what were your second half defensive adjustments and how did you get them to play a lot better and ultimately come away with the win? And Jordy was very, was just like, look, one of the best things as a coach is you walk into the locker room and the players are already holding each other accountable. And my job as a head coach, I can help guide them in in these right ways and and point out a couple of tactical things. And those things I will not say. But a lot of it was just me coming to the locker room, giving some bad words and letting the players sort it out. And he just gave all the credit to the players for figuring it out. And I'm sure that that was largely the case, but we saw in some of those timeouts in the huddles, the way he was able to reach and inspire these guys, it's great. Like, I think so much of defense comes down to the the will and the want to, and you see Canada lock in so many times in these games to, to come back and be strong in the second half. And a lot of that is just, like, you know, the coach getting them into the right mindset to, like, play for each other to compete. It's It's been great. It's It's been great. I've been really impressed with Jordy, man. Yeah, no, same, man. I think you talk about like just the short turnaround that he had to to take over this team, and yeah, like a month. Also, he like, literally had like yeah. one month to do this. Yeah, because yeah. because uh, Nick Nurse suddenly in a new role got too busy to to coach team. Canada. What's uh, you know, Nick Nick said he was too busy to commit to the program because of the Sixers, but I, I see him tossing out ceremonial first pitches. <clears throat> oh, that's right. He was uh, he was at the Phillies game. He, he was at the Rico Hines run. Uh, it's it's. Uh... <laughs> he was pretending. He was pretending to be uh, Phillies closer Craig Kimbrell. Ah, yeah. Um, with with the stance. Mm. Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know. And, and and even like you know the the viral quote that went around, like Jordy quoting like Alanis Morissette after right. the game, talking about Nikhil. Uh, I, I think there's just like a likable vibe to him, and I think. You know, we don't see everything behind the scenes, but from everything that, you know, I've heard the players say and, and just like the glimpses that we've had, like you mentioned into the huddle, it just seems like he has just great command yep. as a coach, right? It's like, I think about that first quarter huddle that they show when they were losing to Latvia and he was just yelling at the guys about their effort and and going at them about how like they wanted to finish first in the group, but they're not coming out and actually giving a full effort to, to actually get that first place finish and you know that takes like relationship building and it's like a lot of things i think i think it's a lot of qualities that we thought about or we talked about when we thought about the raptors coaching search yeah 
Um, and it's not. Listen, man. Like you know, I put out the ESPN first take too. I was like, damn, did the Raptors hire the wrong oh, yeah. guy? Um, because because Jordy was a finalist, and it's like this is clearly not fair to Darko because we haven't seen him right. Uh, be a head coach at all but it's just hard when you're getting you know when you're seeing up close what Jordy is doing with with Team Canada and you're thinking about what kind of coach the Raptors were looking for what kind of coach you want the Raptors to have this upcoming season it's hard not to think that Jordy seems like he would have been a great fit look I I mean obviously that's a hot take but I mean at the same time Mm -hmm. like from what we have seen like Jordy has done a really great job with this particular group. Um, I don't. I don't. Mm. I don't. By the way, I don't think this is like any sort of critique about Darko because, as you mentioned, no, we literally no. haven't this seen is this a hot coach, take. Right? This is an August hot take. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But I, I think for me, it's like this is why it's really important. You know, Nick always talked about where it was like it's really important to be a head coach somewhere, um, and it builds up your resume as well, right? Like again, would we be feeling this way about Jordy if we didn't see him coach for Team Canada? He might have been the same coach with the same ability. But until he gets put into this position, until he gets put in the spotlight, until he has this opportunity, it can't really add to his resume, right? And now the next time somebody is interviewing for a head coach, I'm sure Jordy's name will come up because he's already been through a pretty extensive round where he almost got hired in this round of head coaching opportunities. People will have something to point to, right? Which I think like if Darko, for example, had coached, you know, an international team at some point, if he had coached Serbia, if he had, I mean, I know he's been an assistant coaches uh, and elsewhere, but like if he had this kind of opportunity and we can then point to that body of work and sort of how he connected with that group, that would be so much more valuable. And especially in, even in this conversation, we'd be like, okay, we can compare this and this, right? But right now we have nothing to compare it to. Again, I, I don't really, I, I, I give enough trust to the Raptors in terms of how extensive they were with their search and the fact that they didn't just hire a guy that they knew, right? Like it wasn't like, oh, we hired Kenny Atkinson. And part of that is Kenny was friends with Masai going back like 20, 30 years as scouts together in Europe, you know what I mean? Like, all right, like that could be a connection or like, you know, they brought back one of their former assistants, you know, like Sergio, for example, also another guy like Sergio Scariolo. One of the reasons I was so high on him in the head coaching process was like, I can literally see what he's doing as a head coach with Virtus Bologna or with Spain over the years. And there's a body of work and there's an ability that I can see in terms of his coaching quality. Um, they went outside the organization to get Darko. So I, I really do believe in, just through their overall search process. But I don't think Jordy being a good coach does takes away anything from what Darko is as a head coach until at least we see what Darko is as a head coach. And that's the only, that's the only misfire for me. It's just like, I wish there was a body of work. Cause it's not like I'm going to go back and watch the 2012. Um, what, what was even that, that team man? the, the OKC G league team. I don't know why I'm blank. Oh, oh Tulsa 66 Tulsa. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not the same, you know, hearing about the Tulsa 66ers. So, I mean, look, listen, this is a conversation that we can resolve probably in like six months even. But at the at the t- for the time being, Jordy definitely looks fantastic. And I think from a Team Canada perspective, like, this is great. Like, honestly, credit to Team Canada for being able to pull this together and get a guy in on short notice. Because when Nick got left the program suddenly with a month to go before the World Cup, I was like, all right, here comes Jay Triano once again. Like, you know, it was going to be, if, I thought to me it was going to be another familiar face. And instead, they bring in Jordy, and you know, I'm hoping, at least just selfishly as a fan of Canada basketball, that he can just remain as head coach, uh, and isn't sort of poached away from an NBA team where he gets the the same Nick Nurse thing, where it's like, okay, I'm too busy to to do both jobs, you know? Yeah, no, no, I'm totally with you, and you know, FIBA, yeah, FIBA, the the World Cup format is so stressful too. Like, I know, you know, obviously Canada's three and zero, and their point differential is like plus one hundred and eleven. 
So now they play. So recording this on Thursday, so they'll play Brazil tomorrow, and then Spain on Sunday in this like second group stage. And I guess they just need to win one game. Like I think if they beat Brazil tomorrow, then they're in pretty good shape. Yep, I agree. To to get to the final eight, and then obviously uh, I think I think most people know by now. So there's like. So you got to finish top two amongst the Americas, mm-hmm. uh, the teams that are there from the Americas to, to get an automatic berth to the Olympics. So there's only five teams left from the Americas. So Dominican Republic, uh, Big Mouse, Dominican Republic. That'd be great, man. Um, yeah, they're 3-0. and um, And Puerto Rico is 2-1. and Team USA, of course, uh, 3-0. and And then there's Brazil. So basically, if they beat Brazil tomorrow, they will eliminate yeah a, a win against brazil tomorrow is an absolute must by the way you can catch that on sportsnet 9 30 uh eastern am uh, that's right but like shout out to the sportsnet crew waking up early for this oh are you kidding me big shout out to the sportsnet crew because i mean like um yeah name uh, the whole crew yeah anyway um you know <laughs> yo that should be our new b-ball reference game she started at city news <laughs> three years at city news Say Lindsay, two years doing Raptors sideline. Oh, okay, that's Danielle. All right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Danielle. I wasn't oh, familiar man. with your game. I'm sorry. Three point Grange, 2005 to 2000. He talked to Chris Humphreys. Oh, okay. He blogged with Chris Humphreys. Yeah. Wait, that actually happened? Yeah, he Grange back in the day when Humphreys was here did like a one of those like player blog things where like I think wait I think Hump. By the way, why he's calling him up? So Wait, they just called him Hump? I don't not remember that. I mean, I guess only I called him Hump. That's crazy. Uh, like, you can't just call yeah, a man like, Hump, man. But it's, like not, Grange, it's not like Shump. You can't just call it like, like that's fine, but Hump is nuts, man. Hump, hump sounds like the sequel to Hitch. Uh, calling yeah, but him like my hump. Humps, like Black Eyed Peas, man. I think I think he used to just talk to Hump, and then they would like do do a. Do like a run. You know yeah. what Gilbert Arenas used to do like yeah, a blog? Yeah, yeah. With, with, with yeah, so, Mc10, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with the OG 10 things. And then, um, yeah, no, Grange used to just do the same thing with Hump. Damn. Was this during, uh, yeah, was but, this during yeah. the Chris Humphreys era when he was briefly married to Kim Kardashian? Yeah, I believe he was married to Kim K for like 42 days. It, it no, was, I might it, be wrong. It might be less than that. He signed a 10-day contract. Like He, he got the Jeff Down <laughs> deal. <laughs> No, he really got a two-way. Yeah, but anyways, so Canada's in pretty good shape. Yeah, they got to beat Brazil. If they beat Brazil and they knock them out already, then it brings you down to four. Because here's the thing. Canada's in it to win the tournament, and I think that is definitely the main thing to focus on. But obviously the background Mm -hmm. is there are two Olympic qualifying berths for the Americas region. There were seven teams that entered from the Americas. Um, There are still five teams that remain, at least alive at this point. And um, three of them, Canada, Dominican Republic, USA, are, are all undefeated, as you just mentioned. So it's going to be very difficult. But, yeah, you knock out Brazil in this con- particular moment, it'll really allow you to get a leg up on that front. And then, yeah, it's just about how far you go in the tournament. And, you know, obviously, friend of the program, Big V, pointed this out on, on social yesterday. But, um, you know, he said there's an interesting wrinkle where if Canada finishes second in Group L, that could mean avoiding Team USA until the final as opposed to the semifinal, assuming that mm. USA remains undefeated and wins Group J, which they probably will. So, you know, these are the scenarios that do come into play, you know, when you are in sort of these, like, tournament formats where you get reseeded, all that kind of stuff. But, like, yeah, I mean, interesting. You, know, so you want to be top two, but not two, you know? Well, I guess top two, yeah, but damn. actually two, sorry. 
Yeah. But like, yeah, I don't think, I mean, obviously, yeah, they don't need to be playing games like manipulating the standings and stuff. You don't, you can't even like, don't have room to do that. It's just like, it's just stressful because if they lose to Brazil tomorrow, then suddenly the Spain game is like, you know, uh, might be a must win for them. Yeah. Uh, but I guess the point differential is is super, um, you but know. But apparently the uh, point differential is like now. maybe the third or fourth head, uh, like tiebreaker. There's like head-to-head record and things like that are much more important. Okay. So, so basically beat Brazil and then they can start thinking about the quarterfinals. And the other thing too is like if they get bounced early and say like Dominican Republic also makes the quarterfinals and get bounced mm-hmm. – like they can still make the Olympics because then you go into this like classification group. Yeah, but like you play in the consolation and then you can still finish second in the Americas. Yeah, no, that's fair. But there, there, so there, there are lots of different ways. But I get you. Like I think the winning mentality, like you're not trying to sit at a poker table and try to finish seventh. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like you're sitting down at the poker table, like like you're trying to win it all here. And you know, I think there's just a part of me I've seen like so many like. You know, uh, like Canada teams like fall apart at different stages. Like this is clearly a different team. Mm. Um, so like I'm, I'm just being like cautious. I'm just being cautious. Um, what would you, what I would think, you Canada's team as a poker hand? Oh man, I think they're like, uh, I think they're a pair of jacks right now. A pair of jacks, yeah. interesting. Yeah, is that is that really high? Yeah. I, I mean, I was gonna give a pretty high quality to it too. I was probably gonna say like mm-hmm. Ace Ten suited. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the yeah. Ace so like in Shane, that range, obviously we have like one of the four best yeah. players in the tournament. Yeah, and the ten is uh, Kelly Olynyk. FIBA Kelly Olynyk is different, bro. bro. I'm just, uh, yo, I, I, it's really <laughs> impressive to watch him. Also, I feel like even though I feel like FIBA officials are very inconsistent in what they call, somehow mm. Kelly knows all the ways to get the calls too. So I, I appreciate even just his gamesmanship. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's like you know they gave him the captain's armband for a reason, man. They, they you know Kelly knows like he has so much experience at this level too. I think that's the thing. He's that's a important. he's a yeah he's a captain. He's a Steven Gerrard of this team. Um, okay. Um, yeah. All right. So yeah. that's 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 my comp. No now. one has ever and... compared those two players, but okay. <laughs> uh, by the way, Jordy looks kind of like a young Pep. Um, did, maybe did you tell him that? That's... Spanish and bald. Did, yeah. did you tell him that? <laughs> Ooh, Jordy Fernandez. Oh, Jordy Fernandez. Oh. oh my God. Well, you said you had dinner <laughs> with the other Jordy yesterday, so I thought that's what you were talking about. I was like, no, I did not have I dinner. Like... I just dropped off. I just dropped off a copy of Prehistoric, and then you know walked with him to his uh, kid's daycare. Um, oh. So um, no, Jordy Fernandez. I, I see some similarities. I have them both pulled up. Uh, all um, right. Just clocking their fits. But what was I talking about? Oh yeah. So yeah. No, Team Canada. Uh, Kelly Olenek, yeah. Dwight Powell needs to learn a few things from from Olenek because I feel like Dwight Powell has never gotten a call in FIBA basketball. Yeah, and like, he, he's and, just always looking frustrated, and he's always getting thrown around. Um, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. like I actually don't. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes they kind of just let the guys play in FIBA. Um, I, I saw I saw the Latvia coach complaining about the refs, and and that's how you know Team Canada has made it when when you're on the other side of those conversations. Uh, the funniest thing is the his. The Latvian coach's case was like, is it fair for Team Canada to be officiated by American officials? And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, so I guess to, to him, North America is just one big country. Yeah. Like, okay, if the game was refereed by Russian officials, would that mean that Latvia is getting friendly calls? Like, what What are we talking about here, man? Oh, oh man. No, it's, it's crazy. Anybody bro. who knows Americans know they don't they don't care one bit about Canadians. Man. Yeah, but it's, listen, it's man, literally like, the scene from Mad Men. I don't think about you at all. Like that's really Americans no, they, to Canadians, man. They really don't. Yeah. Man. So um but um yeah, I don't know. It's it's really exciting right now. Yeah. I, I think especially especially in this like like we talk about like the the dog days right now, like 
you know, having basketball on and like having all these like different matchups. I saw Shouts to Team Japan mm. uh, one today Yo. in the classification round game. That's beautiful, man. Mm. Yeah, no, no, like, um, you know, my guy Lee Kyer, um, no, no, you know, no, no, no. I guess doing his thing for China. How is he doing? Okay, so actually, last night, because we decided to do, to do the pod at, at 10 a.m., which is when we're recording this right now, um, mm. and we decided that around, like, midnight, and so I was like, all right, I'm going to whip out my laptop in bed and just, like, catch up on some FIBA things, and maybe put some notes down, because, again, I wasn't watching as intently um, while I was in the States on vacation, and so I was like, you know what, like, let me try to catch up, right? Because we allotted ourselves two hours and, you know, I, I wanted to at least bring something of substance. So I knew you would ask about Lee Kyer. So mm. uh, I'm here to tell you that Lee Kyer. So China lost all three games in their tournament, yeah. which was... By, by the way, before you even give the scouting report, what yeah, is up? the translation of Lee Kyer? Like, what's the name? Kyer is supposed like, to be... How's that? It's supposed to be Kyle. Oh, okay. His and name's Kyle Lee, the- which does kind of sound like... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Why is his name Lee? I think, Like, I, how did they assign that to him? I actually don't know, but my assumption is that that's probably what the family name was for... for, for oh, Because, okay, okay. again, he literally has family in China. Yes, like, that's right. Look up... Actually, look up the story for people that actually have... He has, like, a Chinese grandparent or something. Yeah. Yes, look up Kyle Anderson, um, you know, Chinese heritage, but... Okay, so Kyer is just the translation of Kyle. It's just Kyle, yeah. <laughs> it's like when <laughs> Marbury went to to China to play famously. His Chinese name was Mabuli, which was basically just like Chinese characters made to sound similar to Marbury. Yeah. So that happens a That's lot. That's sick, yeah. man. But yeah. That's actually sick. So Lee Kyer does sound cool, but his name's really Kyle Lee, which is way less cool. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like one of the henchmen in Rush Hour. <laughs> Yo, Kyle Lee definitely has a, C- has a CPA, man. That's a CPA <laughs> Kyle Lee, man. Hold on. Yo, hold I'm going to look up Kyle Lee on LinkedIn right now, man. We're, we're, we're calling him Kyle Lee from now on. The oh. Lee Kyer... <laughs> Era is over. All right, I just searched. Yeah. I just searched Kyle Lee LinkedIn Toronto. The top mm-hmm. hits on Google: Kyle Lee, software developer. Kyle Lee, <laughs> a highly motivated, results-driven sales manager. Kyle Lee, interested in systems slash AI slash ML slash finance. Kyle Lee, graduated <laughs> with a bachelor of science in management engineering. Yo, it, yo half yo. of these people have a half of these people have a University of Waterloo engineering jacket. <laughs> Um, if if there's anyone listening yeah. out there who is a Kyle Lee or knows of a Kyle Lee, please uh please message us. But yeah, no, uh, that's incredible. You, you that that might be a that might be an opening uh, night interview for you, by the way, because because the wolves are in town. No, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to interview him in, in Chinese and just see how it goes. You should bring the mainlander, man. For what? <laughs> I don't know, actually. <laughs> That was that was basically my whole plan. I mean, no, I'm I'm also I'm a mainlander, you know. Like I could also be the mainlander. I know, but we're not we're not positioning you oh, as that. Okay, like, all right. You know, right. you're you're more than your nationality. <laughs> you're not, sh- not that Jeremy. Not that Jeremy is not. Show show some no, Jeremy. He really, Great he, photos from the Raptors reunion. Yeah, he really isn't more than his than his nationality in that case, though. <laughs> yeah, he he couldn't get me. He couldn't get me the the mainland China exclusive shoes. Um, he's like they are on StockX. Do you want to pay four hundred dollars? What? I'm like no. Wait. Yeah. They're four hundred. He's like four hundred for some antas. Well, well, on resale. Yeah. No, Solomon's. Yeah. Not antas. Yeah. It's he's like Solomon running shoes. I, I don't uh, even. He know entered what that a is, raffle man. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. Wow. <laughs> let's let's move okay. on. Okay. Anyway, so um, Lee Kyer. Yeah. So yes. I did some research on this. So Lee Kyer um, mm. infamously went 
like scoreless. He was like 0 for 9 in his first game. I think it was against Serbia. Yeah, how do you how do you say Tony Snell in Mandarin, man? Uh <laughs> Tony Snell. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. sorry. Lee Chanel. <laughs> Lee Chanel. No, call him Chanel. No, no he little Chanel. <laughs> man. So hard. Man. Yo, he's Chanel that's, Lee. That's way better than Tony Snell. Wow. You got to rename his. All right, so yeah, so he went zero for nine. He went zero for nine in the first game against Serbia. Now, whatever. Yeah. China losing to Serbia, I expected, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. Serbia is just way better at basketball than China. But the disappointments mm. China had in the rest of the results at the World Cup, like they lost to South Sudan, which was a great story for South Sudan. Like, there's like they're team just got formed very recently the country in relative terms got formed very recently they put together a pretty impressive group some like former nba guys luol dang's involved in the program all that kind of stuff and like they got their first ever win in international basketball i believe um against china but also at the same time I'm like man like from the flip side i'm just like yo how you can't even handle business you know in in that kind of game it's just kind of disappointing to me um, yeah, Lee Kyer actually did have a 22 point game. So he ended up, the, he, because of the, they only played three games and one of them, he went scoreless. He finished the, the, the tournament averaging 10.3 points per game, um, which was actually second on the team in scoring. There was a guard, I believe, in China that had more points than him. So it's, it's, it was tough. It was not the, it was not like, this isn't like Cat going to Dominican Republic and immediately dominating and, and leading them to a 3 0 record. Like they're literally 0 3 and eliminated. And, and honestly, I got to say, all of Asia except for Japan has done a pretty, has not really played that great at the World Cup, which is not too surprising. It's not like Asian basketball is that dominant, but I had I, I hope to the Philippines as well. You know, they got balanced. They played a lot closer because they had, Kyle, you know, um, Clarkson. But yeah, it's just, it's it's been disappointing for the continent as a whole. But I have to say, big shouts to Japan. I mean, like the scenes out of the win against Finland, which was ridiculous already. I think they were down 18 in the third quarter and then they came back to win it. That was amazing. And then they just won earlier today, right before we started recording against Venezuela. That's in the consolation bracket. But, like, um, yeah, I mean, Venezuela was up 15, I believe, in the second half. And they came back and won that one as well. So big congrats to Yuta Watanabe, who's literally on the team. Big congrats to um, just just – I don't know all the all the Japanese fans because it, it looks really cool. This guy, this guy can't even name three Japanese people. <laughs> yeah, big, congrats to Goku. He's like big congrats. <laughs> Yo, no man, shouts to Takashi. You know, yeah, yeah. I've seen. Shouts to Mr. He's been Shimamoto. super excited. Yeah. yeah, shouts to Mr. Shimamoto. Uh, shouts to all the good friends at, at Basketball Cafe. Yeah. But yeah, no, seeing them, you know, playing in Okinawa. Like getting that win in, in the group stage. Look how know, much it means to the through. fans, man. They keep showing of like course. scenes of the fans like crying and like jubilant. And obviously you make a comeback like that down 18, down 15 and winning. That's always the case for excitement. But like mm-hmm. what this is doing, I think even just for, you know, the pride and the fans of basketball in Japan, longtime fans, newer fans, like it's such a great moment, man. And I think it kind of just makes you appreciate like, you know, I, I think even sometimes with Canada, obviously we're in a much stronger position in the sense that we have a lot more talent. Like Japan has one NBA player on the roster, I believe, right now in Utah, right? Um, I, they would have Ruri, but he's not in this tournament. Like Canada obviously has the ability to trot out 12 NBA players. We have like two teams of NBA players at this point. But like the appreciation that the Japanese fans have put into this was, was just really, really beautiful to see. And I think, you know, in terms of the atmosphere, like if Canada was able to have at the last Olympic qualifying tournament when they – you know, um, won the right to host it, one of four countries um, they had it in Victoria, but it was during the, the pandemic and it was an empty stance. If the stands were full of Canadian fans in that moment, could that have pushed them over the edge in that game, for example, against Czech Republic? 
You know what I mean? It, I still can't believe we lost the yeah. Czech Republic. But here's man. the thing: no, though, no disrespect to that country, but damn. we inherently come from a place where we're like, oh, we just expect our thing to be great, and then we're happy only when they're great. Versus the, the Japanese fans are just like, we just appreciate whatever you're giving us. And I find that uh, like approach really, really refreshing. And of course, it's totally different because they have much fewer like notable players, and, and their basketball culture isn't as strong as in Canada. But at the same time, I think that's beautiful. That to me, that's like what. Um, that's like maybe the most enjoyable way to enjoy sports. No, I think I think it reminds me. Obviously, this is not the same spectacle as as like the the soccer World Cup, mm-hmm. but it's like seeing it's like seeing a team like a really small country like make it to a World Cup and then like maybe upset a team in like the group stage. Like, there's different expectations for like different teams when they're there. Yeah, right? that's fair. Um, and, and I think Japan, I think Japan falls into that category. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Like, you know, this, this FIBA World Cup, just the overall like format of it, seeing all these different teams, like you mentioned, and seeing all these assorted like random players, whether they're like current NBA players play, playing like role players playing really big roles on teams, or like seeing like former NBA players who are like in Europe now. Like, I don't know. I've really like fallen in love with just like the FIBA World Cup. I think it's perfect for this time of year, too. Man. Yeah. And it's like, think about like Ronde on like Ronde Hollis Jefferson yep. on Jordan. Yep. Like he's like Brian Windhorst, shouts to my Ding Tai Fung brother, like wrote wrote a whole uh, piece about how Rondé's like remodeled his game after Kobe. Yeah, and and his like he is playing the Kobe role on that team, and it's like jarring to me because he my only you know uh, impression of Rondé Hollis Jefferson. The thing I remember most about him in Toronto was when I think when you posted that clip. Didn't he run like a pick and roll with Kyle yes. Lowry and his defender backed all the way into the paint? So that was a secret play the Raptors used to run in the 1920 season where uh, Rondé would have the ball handling and Kyle Lowry would be screening. And the reason they ran it like this is because Rondé is not a spacing threat at all, uh, but he can handle the ball. And so, you know, obviously teams were going under on this. So Kyle would just increasingly set the screen deeper and deeper, including one infamous play where the Raptors actually scored on this, where... I believe it was it was against Rondé's former team, the Brooklyn Nets. Kyle set the screen literally at the charge circle. Like, he was screening at the char- That's how much teams were, like, sagging off of Rondé. And it somehow worked. Rondé would get ahead of steam, drive downhill. Kyle would give him that little bit of an edge against this defender just with a last-second screen. And then Rondé would either get fouled or go to the rim. But, like, yeah, he had... I think the Raptors ran it maybe, like, six times all year um, that whole season. But it was one of the more hilarious, like, trick plays I've ever seen out of the team. Yeah, but, now but that's Rondé. Like, he couldn't him. shoot at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, and you watch highlights of him. I mean, he's like nailing mid-range jumpers, pull-up threes, fadeaways. Like, yeah, like just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's that's the other thing too. Is like, I mean, he's been out of the league for a little bit, I think. And it's like, like this tournament is is such an opportunity for for guys like like him as well, mm-hmm. right? Like you talk about like Jordy Fernandez and like coaches getting spotlighted on the stage, like. I'm sure this is going to turn into at least a training camp invite for Rondé. I mean, I would hope so on on an NBA team. Yeah, like you don't you wouldn't expect him to suddenly become like a 20 point per game score in in the NBA, but I feel like he's shown enough where a guy like that deserves deserves an NBA spot. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you. I I, I hope so. Like you know, um, he, I believe he's signed to play in the Philippines. He played in the Philippines last year as well. I, I think he got a um, maybe training camp invite to the Warriors. This passing, mm. I distinctly remember sending that compilation of like super deep pick and rolls to to our friend uh, Andy Lou, 
Oh, congrats! Who recently got engaged as well? That's yeah, it's, an, it's engagement season. That's right. Well, I mean, I I knew that he was going to do it because I I had uh, I had met up with him in San Francisco and he, he was telling oh, me the whole that's, plan. Oh, oh, you had sources. I had I had direct yeah. sources on that one. Um, yeah. But no, Rondé's played great, man. I mean, obviously everyone's probably heard the story by now. But yeah, Rondé got injured. Um, I believe in the last game where they played uh, against um, Team USA. I thought he got injured, but he wow, he still played 36 minutes. Yeah, so Rondé right now, just through the group stages, and again, this is just three games, but through the group stages, Rondé's literally second in the tournament in scoring at 27.7 points per game. And this is in a 40-minute game, by the way. So in like a 48, pro-rated to 48 minutes, like he would be averaging over 30. And he's second only to Luka in scoring for the whole tournament. And he's doing it efficiently. And he's also playing 37.8 minutes per game, which is nuts because that means he's only sitting 2.2 minutes per game he's sitting like 128 seconds or something like it's it doesn't make any sense how what he's, no, what he's who's, doing, co- who's coaching jordan man nick nurse <laughs> yeah who's the jordan nick nurse man? no he's he's too busy man he's got to throw the first pitch and watch rico hines run that's why i had to abandon oh, the program yeah the bitterness towards nick is gonna be so funny it's like yo nick was never funny nick never had a personality <laughs> oh he had a personality all right but uh i don't know about funny it was funny was never something i associated <laughs> personally but oh man yeah it's a long way since we bought nick nurse hats it's it's sad but um even just thinking about ronde though i i had actually again again this is like 1 a.m i'm I'm still in bed just watching extended highlights between brazil and spain so i have some takeaways from that if if needed not not saying that we need to get to it but i was also thinking about all the former raptors involved in this tournament Mm. and i was going to ask you if this following team of just like former raptors how far they will go in this tournament? Because now you're a, you're a feedback World Cup expert. So, yeah, hit me, man. This is the team, all right? At point guard, we got Dennis Schroeder, obviously, who's on the team right now, right? Oh, Wanda- he's a star, man. He's a star on Germany, right? We're off to a good start, right? Dennis Schroeder, mm. and the backup point guard is Tremont Waters. And you might say, hey, listen, Tremont Waters. <laughs> Wait, man, what 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 team is he on at FIBA? He's on Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. Tremont Waters. Just so you're just so we're clear, Tremont Waters who famously played two games, I believe, for the Raptors. He was a COVID signing. He was literally a COVID signing. Like, he was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be I don't wanna be rude. But, yeah, he was he was, he was was a COVID signing for that game in Cleveland where they got beat by 45 points or whatever. Um, Tremont Waters is leading the whole tournament in assists at 8.7 per game for Puerto Rico. All right? Oh, and nice. that's your backup okay. point guard behind Dennis Schroeder, who's probably been the best point guard in, in the tournament so far. Um well, top five, I would, say, I would at least say. Sorry, I just remember that Shea Gilchrist literally plays for Canada. Sorry. Yeah, man. What are you saying? This, did you just say Trevor Waters? No, no, no. Has no, arguably sh- been the best no, point no, guard. Schroeder's Sh- Sh- been one of the best point guards in the tournament. There's, there's oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, man. All right. I think you can put Schroeder there for sure, yeah, yeah. man. He's had some big performances. He's played great. As shooting guard, we have three options somehow. We ha- By the way, you need to you need to give these names in your in your Herbie Kuhn voice. Come oh, on, okay. This is literally the FIBA World Cup. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Well, first off, uh, starting at point guard for Canada, it's Dennis Slaughter. All right? <laughs> nah, man. Pretty sure the mics just broke, man. At backup point guard. He played for <laughs> the Raptors. Oh, what, and, what, what flavor are you going to put on this name? I'm so excited. <laughs> he was teammates with Daniel. Which, which letter are you curling? Which letter are you curling on this one? It's the Tremont. <laughs> no, 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 man. He did, he did both names. 
right, there we go. All right, all right. All right up next, what you got? What you got at shooting? Guard? At shooting guard, maybe, lo- maybe lower the volume a little bit. You're not at Scotiabank <laughs> Arena. It's okay. Yeah, well, hey, listen, you wanted a Herbie, you, you're getting Herbie, all right? All right, oh, at no. shooting guard, formerly with the Brooklyn Nets, but played for the Raptors for the 1920 season. It's shooting guard. Rondé, Hollis, Jefferson. Yeah, there's no way to. There's, there's nothing with Rondé. What are you going to do? Are you going to go Rondé? Like <laughs> Rondé, Hollis, Jefferson. I don't know. All right. So that's 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 yeah. your shooting guard. Starting. And honestly, we're okay. talking about FIBA Rondé. All right. So it's it's tripping me out that you're putting Rondé at the two, but it does make sense in, in this context. Exactly makes sense because he's yeah. he's a Kobe yeah. clone, so he's got to be shooting guard, right? Yeah. All right. Backup shooting guard. All right. Out of France. A one-time Raptor in the 13-14 season traded for Austin Gay or Austin Day, sorry. It was Nando DeColo. Okay, that's that's your best one so far. Nando DeColo being your that's backup it. point guard. I mean, he's older now, but like that's still pretty good. Like, right. He's one of the Hey, listen, man. What when I was watching them against France, I was like, man, could Nando DeColo compete for the starting point guard job if he came to camp okay, with the Raptors? Relax. Just just relax, all right? Just think about that. Though. Think about it. No, no, no. Take a second. Ding. All right, it's over. No. We're not doing that. No. Think about we it. We still do hold his rights, by the way. Um, oh, we still have his we rights? We still have his okay. rights. And then our third think string shooting guard out of Germany, it's Isak Bonga. <laughs> what? Yeah, he's hold on. Huh? What position is he playing? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It doesn't matter. Who cares? <laughs> you just said he's playing shooting guard. How did he take the Nick Nurse pill with him overseas? <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite. That's one of my favorite scenes ever from going to practice. Was <laughs> Isak Bonga was practicing by himself, doing like three foot form shooting. All right. And uh, Nick Nurse came over and gave him a literal Nick Nurse pill and was like, "Here you go, buddy. You got to start at the basics." <laughs> Man, our coach really had his own shooting book, his own shooting pill, and we shot twenty percent from three. And you, and, and we shot two of thirty in a national TV game. And and you got to know that Isak Bong was pissed. First off, what pro NBA player is being made to go do form drills by himself? But then the head coach gives you his gimmick basketball. On top of that is so funny, man. I'm sorry, uh, we did NBA. All right, so anyway, so you, so far we got Dennis Schroeder, Tremont Waters, Rondé Hollis, Jefferson, Nana DiColo, Isaac Bonga. For a group of FIBA mm. guards, that's pretty damn good. All right, at small forward, two players we're pretty familiar with. All right, starting at small forward, uh, oh, what what region for, is he from again? Uh, oh, yeah, it's from the Kagawa Prefecture. It's Utah Watanabe. <laughs> No, you're loving this Herbie assignment a little too much. <laughs> All right. Yo, I, 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 okay, yeah, I like Utah's that. Utah's been one That's of the best nice. players in the tournament. Obviously, Japan only won, won one game, but Utah's been great throughout mm-hmm. the whole tournament. And then at backup, small forward. All right. Um, oh, man. Well, what is what is 41 in Spanish? Uh, you're asking the wrong person, my brother. Cuarente uno? I think it's Cuarente uno. Yeah. Numero cuarente uno. Watch Hernan Gomez. Like, oh, we we got Hernan Gomez. We back got we here. got Hernan Gomez. Deep squad off the man. bench. I'm telling. I'm right now. For me, all three positions are pretty solid. No, this is a deep squad, and it gets a little bit worse. All right, at power forward. Mm. All right, starting at power forward. At one time, was the highlight of the season for for at least the when, what season was he, was he making it? The, oh, 14, 15 season. The highlight of the 14, 15 season. It's Bruno Caboclo. All right. He's starting oh, at power force. Right. We're going to see him against Brazil um, next game so we can watch Bruno. Bruno is fully filled out, man. He's like 
obviously when he first came to the Raptors, he was like this scrawny little kid. Um, but he's grown and he's like he's jacked. You'll see it tomorrow. Like he's wearing number fifty. You can't miss him. It's literally Bruno Caboclo. But like, yeah, he, he's he's our power forward. Um, unfortunately, our backup power forward is Rudy Ansaroux. I'm not even gonna give him a uh, an introduction. He just shouldn't have been on the Raptors roster at all after the allegations oh, against I totally him. Totally forgot. But he, he was. He was on the summer league. He was on the summer league. Yeah, and I believe. Yeah. The f- no, I feel like I feel like we got to make a make a executive decision and cut. Yeah, him. Yeah, I'm gonna cut him. I'm gonna put, let's let's cut him. I'm gonna put Isaac Bonga here. All right. I think Rondé can also play five positions <laughs> like this. Rondé. Yeah. I think this Rondé, you better get ready to learn how to play forty minutes, buddy. I mean, like, he already is. He's literally every- played thirty seven point eight. All right. Yeah, Bruno Caboclo, by the way, is uh is twenty seven now. Wow, just heading into his prime. He looks. So. He actually looks pretty damn good. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like it's it'll be impressive what well I don't know if he will do that against Canada but like he's he's played well so far and he has for Brazil for quite a while now I think and then at center we have a longtime you know uh, Raptor uh, fifth overall pick from Leituva one of your Baltic giants it's Jonas Valanciunas <laughs> no we actually have a pretty good uh, squad here. yeah and at backup center like, we have uh, Eddie Tavares who I believe is playing for Capo Verde. No, this is um That's not bad. Like, I mean I mean you think this team could beat Team Canada? Our st- I think that's a that's a pretty heavyweight match. Here's the thing. I'll give it to you this way. Our starting lineup is Dennis Schroeder, Ronde Hollis Jefferson, mm-hmm. Utah Watanabe. Let me just make the executive switch. All right, Wancho's gonna play four for us. And then Jonas mm-hmm. Valanciunas. That's actually like a pretty damn good team. No, you arguably have like three players who could make like the all FIBA tournament team. There. Yeah. Like with Schroeder, with Ronde. I would even put Utah in there too, um, with the way he's playing for Japan. Yeah, no, I I really like this team. Who's coaching this team? And any former Raptors coaches there? I'm, Nate Beergood. I'm glad you asked because the Raptors actually have an oh. entire coaching staff. No, right. no. Tell me, Jim Sand is not coaching South Sudan. <laughs> Shows to my brethren. No, we call him South Susan. Like that's that's no, nuts, no, um, no. Head coach of this team, obviously, is the legendary Sergio Scariolo. Oh, okay. My, okay, yeah. My disrespect. Completely forgot. Completely forgot about Scariolo. I, I believe the sound you're hearing in the background is the air show. This is why everybody hates the air show in Canada. Why does it, why is there an, why, why is there an air show happening right now? It's, it's the X, like, man. It, they always have the air show. Oh, okay. okay anyway, yeah. uh, excuse the noise pollution on the podcast, but like... Well, for, this guy says, excuse the noise pollution as he's screaming like Herbie for 10 minutes. <laughs> all right, relax, like, all right. I think people will be okay with a little with a little airplane in the back. Okay, that's fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Sergio Scariolo is your head coach. Now, obviously, Sergio, yes. his, we, we, we all know what his resume is, but like, just to be clear, on the international stage, on the tournaments, Spain has literally not finished any lower than top four, dating back to the year like 2000. And he, was, he only joined the team in like 2008. But in his entire tenure as Spanish head coach in tournament play, Spain has not finished lower than top four. It's unbelievable when you really think about it. All right, so Canada, please just beat Brazil tomorrow. Let's let's take care of business. But at the same time, we have more uh, members on this coaching staff, right? We obviously have Nate Bjorgren. As one of the assistant mm. coaches, he's currently assistant how, how, coach how do you Canada. Th- how do you think? How do you think Big Nate um, feels about the transition from from Nick to to Jordy Fernandez? Yeah, I mean to be clear, Cause, cause, Nate I think is like maybe five ten, so I don't I don't want to call him Big Nate, but uh, yeah, I mean like mm. I mean look, listen, I think he's just he got to be pretty happy, right? He still has a job, you know. It's still opportunities for him. He's got to be pretty happy. He's he still a, has he's a em- job. He's employed. He, he's in Asia <laughs> for free. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. So mm. I mean, which um, which which coach, 
which coach or player on Team Canada do you think is like exploring Asia the most as they're like visiting there? Uh that is a. Who do you think? Who do you think is the most adventurous dude? I'm gonna go with Nathan- that's, that's Nathaniel go. Mitchell. He just gave me good vibes. Generally, I'm, I'm, oh, okay. I'm pretty sure he's like still that. with the program. Um, mm. He also got this is the weirdest thing to say about a head coach, but he kind of got the Kyle Lowry behind as well. But regardless, <laughs> yo, come on, man, what are, what are we doing here, man? These are really the the mini Schnauzer days of August. And then your your second assistant oh. coach, which probably should be your associate head, co- or head coach or like your mm. lead assistant in this case, um, mm-hmm. Gordon Herbert is actually the head coach for the German national team. Um, and he was a former, he was a one-time Raptors assistant coach in like 08, 09. I don't even remember this. I had to look it up. Oh, word? Yeah. Okay. But no relation to James Herbert? I, um, perhaps, honestly, perhaps. They're, they both yeah. wear glasses. So maybe a, mm. a nearsightedness mm. is, runs in the family. But um, yeah, I got to close this window, man. Why, why does it sound like this in, in, in Toronto right now? Uh, but yeah, I mean, like Gordon Herbert is actually the head coach of Germany. And I think he's done a really good job with that program. He's a Canadian too. Mm-hmm. And he's, so. All right. That's a... That's a deep squad and a deep coaching staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, the former Raptors, the alums are well represented at this tournament. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of guys to root for. I mean, uh, unfortunately, Rondé's out, Utah's out, Nando DiColo's mm-hmm. out, um, Eddie Tavares is out. But, like, there's still yeah. a number of guys to, to, to cheer for, you know? Yeah. No, what it's wild um, is that, like, all these teams are out. Like, they're all still playing because they got classified into these other groups, right? Yeah, but... I so mean, it's actually... It's actually... I mean, yeah, I guess the games don't really, like... I mean, yeah. But, like, it's... I think it's cool. I think it's really cool for these these different countries, like you mentioned, like a Japan or a South Sudan. Like, this is, this is going to do a lot just for, like, increasing popularity of basketball in, like, a lot of these places. Yeah. And honestly, even Canada. Like, I know Canada's already got a huge... Um, you know, demographic of, of basketball fans. But if they make a run here, like, I'm not going to compare it to, like, the 2019, like, Raptors championship. But, like, there's going to be a lot of people watching if they if they get into, like, the semifinals and they're playing, like, Team USA there. Yeah. Like, it's going to be a big deal, man. It is going to be a big deal. And I think we should have great expectations for this group. But at the same time, I just, I just really want to appreciate, like, every single step along the way. It's been really fun to watch them, even in the warm-up games. Um, and then now carrying over to this tournament like you know if jordy if what jordy says is true which is that he's gonna he believes that the team will get better and better as the tournament gets on then we're already starting from a really good spot right so yeah i mean yeah like i'm i'm expecting them to win but also at the same time i'm appreciating every single win they get because like that's what that's the feeling of the world cup the world cup really doesn't like signify like which team is the best in the world quite honestly because mm-hmm. it's such like it's a one game knockoff like if i would say for example a playoff format actually gives a better indicator of which team's better than the other team but regardless, like, it, this is the World Cup. It's the same thing as when you watch it in soccer. Like, you need every win. Every game is super intense. And you feel this immense joy and relief when all the games are over. Or the, when the games are over and you 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 move on. So, yeah, man. I'm, I'm just really excited to see Canada in this group. And, I, I, again, I just have to stress, like, how much I love seeing them play for each other, play for Jordy, play for the country. Like, it's been great. Like, there's no moments of selfishness with these groups. And they're just here really focused and... And also, we get to watch Shea. Like, by the way, if Shea ever came to Toronto and if he ever played for the Raptors, like, he would be the biggest athlete in Canada. Oh, without a doubt, like, man. You think about, you think about like the popularity of like a Kawhi Leonard, like, and you throw in like Shea, obviously with his background and then you know, um, being from Hamilton and all this stuff. Like, oh, he would instantly vault into the most popular athlete um, in this country. I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, what? Who? Yeah. Who would? I mean, like, the contention would be like. You know, players in the NHL, for example, like, is he going to be more sure. famous than, 
you know, Sidney Crosby across the country, or like Connor McDavid across the country? Probably not. Yeah. Right. Just across the bulk of Canada. But like in terms of Mm. like who would be the most followed athlete in Canada and all that kind of stuff, who would have Mm. the most campaigns built around him? Like Shea, like I I feel like when Shea gets to free agency and what, and I'm sure he will take a meeting with the Raptors just based on the fact that he's, you know, from here and all that kind of stuff. That should be the pitch. Like, you know, when I was thinking back to like um, when the Raptors pursued Steve Nash, and this was like 36-year-old Steve Nash, but still quite a good player, um, but clearly on his last legs with a bad back. And, and you know, the Raptors ran on him, the Knicks ran on him, the Lakers ran on him. When the Raptors made their pitch, it was like they got like Wayne Gre- Yo, what is up with these planes, man? Yo, I did not sign up to live <laughs> in a country like this, man. Damn. <laughs> Yo, it's all good, man. Damn, don't get yourself deported, man, please. No, man. <laughs> what, there's no need for these planes, man. When was the last time Canada even used aircraft in, in warfare? Like, what is this, man? Honestly, it's really not that distracting. Mm. All right. It's just a nice little backdrop. All right, yeah. All right fair enough. Now I can hear it on your wow. side. Yo, that's great. Yo! <laughs> Yo, I, what the hell? I thought like a building exploded. That's what man. I'm saying, man. What's the point of this? Man. Yo, the fact that we're hearing the same plane is kind of wild. Yo, that's man. crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, don't dox us. Um, but, um, yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. Yeah. Um, no, I, I Shea you, would literally be Shea the biggest man. athlete in Canada if, he, if he's on with the Raptors. Yeah, well, you can keep daydreaming about that because uh, that, that's well, not happening. He's not a free agent until like four years from now, maybe three years from now at least. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, it's nice to daydream about that. You know, maybe then by then we'll have Jordy Fernandez here to recruit him as well. Um, you know, since since Shea will be so impressed well, with what Jordy has done. But, at this I mean, Shea was also coached by Darko once upon a time. Just saying. Oh, that's that's Just right. Saying. That's right. That's right. Me piling on Darko when he hasn't even coached a game. Man, this game is not fair. It is funny that the same um, way he got sued, uh his <laughs> the next closest I was, candidate. I was gonna, is I was gonna on pull the world up. stage. <laughs> I was gonna pull yeah, Raptors are seriously down bad. I was gonna pull pull up the lawsuit and see if there's a way to get, get Darko removed. <laughs> No, nah, you're sick. Man. What, what is well, Jordy's available, man. Um, <laughs> if you did available head coach rankings right now, would Jordy not be number one right now? Well, I put it another way: if if uh, if the World Cup happened before the Raptors had coaching search, do you think that would have swung it in his favor? Yeah, but again, listen, man. Like, like all jokes aside, it's like yes. Like, I'm gonna choose to put some trust, like you said. No, you have Raptors. to. Come on, I mean, we're being, they we're, obviously we're, did their they obviously did their due diligence, yeah, yeah. like all this stuff. And again, the fact I'm, that they went uh, yeah. outside their organization, like I'm, I know that means that he wowed them. I'm just, I, I think I'm just more pointing this out because like this will become like a narrative that I think fans will like want to run with. All right. If like the Raptors are, are struggling, I mean, I guess we are. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm you you have to pit. You always have to pit whether it's players. Like we learned that this season. Like you always have to pit players against each other. You always have to pit like a coach against like another coach. Ugh. Like it's 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 just how conversations. Um, it's just how conversations work. But again, like now. we went from pining for Kawhi to pining for Jordy Fernandez, uh, associate head coach for the Sacramento Kings. Like. There's levels to this. Yo, what is going on, man? Why does yeah, it why, why did the why did the plane why did the plane double back? How, What's cool how long is the air show, <laughs> man? Yo, I can't believe Lee Cal- Van drafted the air show to a CNE draft. <laughs> oh yeah, he's at Caledonia Bakery or something, man. Um that's, okay, that's 58, 58 minutes. All right, we have we, we budgeted stand. two hours for this because you have a lunch with uh I have a lunch with a big O. Yeah. Um Oscar Robertson. <laughs> I feel I feel the plane coming back again now, too, man. I that's what I'm saying. Heard man. it again. What's it doing, man? It's doing donuts right now, man. <laughs> Basically, that's it's doing what... a promo for Tiny Tim's. Um, all right. Uh, speaking of pining for people, mm. uh, there's an update 
on uh, Giannis Atantacumpo. From where? Who we mentioned. Uh, from Sean Davini of Heavy.com. Heavy.com. Um, yeah. I don't think I've ever told you. Um, this is how long I've been in the game. Oh, okay. Or, like, how many random things I've done. Like, I covered uh, NBA Finals alongside Sean Davini once. Really? Freelancing for the Sporting News when he was there as well. What What Finals was this? <laughs> uh, this was one of the Warriors-Cavs Finals. Wow. Yeah. He would be like, yeah, man, I'm going to go go in the locker room and talk to Draymond, like get all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm just going to write a feature on Warriors fans getting tattoos. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to do that. So like we were a team. So shout out to my former teammate, ah. Sean Davini. So like we mentioned last time when we talked that Giannis had made some uh, eye-opening comments to uh, the New York Times about, um, you know, his, his upcoming free agency. So heavy.com reports that OKC is a team to keep an eye on. And then also listed San Antonio and Toronto as dark horse, dark horse teams to um, look out for. So I guess my first question to you is, uh, what would hurt more, um, Giannis and Shea teaming up oh, when God. these are two guys? Oh, when these God. are two, when these are two, I mean, you literally just pine for Shea. Uh, like when these are two guys that Raptors fans have circled around. <sighs> For for years, literally the now. top two, literally the top two. Like I'm not even. Yeah, joking. top yeah. two, top two, and they're actually you know yeah, yeah the two, and then but versus the Spurs getting the Raptors top six protected pick, which somehow lands first overall. Oh, uh, oh no no, it lands seventh. They get a seventh. Yeah, pick, yeah right. We, we, and they, we and they land the Victor Wambayama. Yeah. yeah, they get Victor Wambayama sidekick, like a perfect sidekick. Yeah, and then uh, also they add Giannis. Yeah, and then also they add Giannis. They add Giannis to the mix. Meanwhile, the Raptors are down bad, uh, winning 26 games next season. Uh, which one would hurt more, OKC or San Antonio? Uh, wow. This guy's hurting both ways. No, I'm like legit hurt both ways, man. <laughs> yeah. So I love tapping into your fandom because you actually get hurt. It's probably OKC. <laughs> I just don't want Giannis to live his life in OKC. Like that's that doesn't feel like necessary. I mean, no, you know, no disrespect to Milwaukee, but like he's been in Milwaukee for a long time. I think he'll be okay. I actually, I'd actually prefer to live in Milwaukee than OKC, quite frankly. No, that's you know what? That's fair. But that's all, due like, res- all due respect think, to the yeah. show Reservation Dogs. Oh man, Great yeah, show. final season. Excellent man. show. I gotta get going on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think OKC from a basketball standpoint, um, yeah, that makes sense, right? For for Giannis to to team up with one of the top stars in, in well, the league, and they've got a lot of depth. It's like a ready made roster for a superstar to come into. I mean, yes and no. They're so young. Like I don't think superstars necessarily just want to come in and play with young guys. If the young guys are already ready to win and all that kind of stuff, then I could see the case. Um, I also really envision a, a scenario where it's like OKC has to make really hard decisions in terms of just like moving off of some of their existing players because they can't pay everybody they can't even play everybody right so mm. you're gonna have to see some like uh, i wish i wish we had that problem yeah Meanwhile, we're scrapping for bench players relax man we got javon freeman liberty it's, it's all good but like <laughs> we i think the the point that sean was writing about in this piece was like the possibility where the bucks trade Giannis if he doesn't sign the extension because Giannis is under contract for the next two years at roughly 15 million dollars like whatever right he you who do you think you got Kelsey Clinton like literally that he is Kelsey Clinton in this case he's worth it all right uh but you have Giannis for the two years next year he's available to sign that extension and if he doesn't sign it the Bucks have a difficult choice to make in the sense that do we just dismantle this thing now and get something for Giannis because we know he's gonna walk now of course that's very difficult I think just in the scope of history, like players of Giannis's caliber 
probably don't get traded. People probably ride to the end. It's probably even similar to when the Raptors had Chris Bosh and he was heading to free agency. We were like, yeah, we'll, we'll just ride it out. You know, like, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Maybe he signs with us. And then he ultimately walked. Um, but like the case could be made for Milwaukee that they could trade Giannis next summer if he doesn't sign the, the Supermax or the, the, uh, the extension handed to him. At that point, it's like, okay, then maybe you can get in on it. And at that point, I'm, my question to you would be, like, what would you put on the table for one year of Giannis? Man, for one year of Giannis? With no guarantee I, that he's going to re-sign with you. Yeah, without the guarantee, I'm I'm honestly not putting much on the table. Really? Man. I don't know. I don't know. Like, would you... Uh, no, that's tough, man. I Because in that scenario, I'd rather just... I would bet on the Bucks just ending up not trading him. I would bet on Giannis sure. just going to free agents. I, I agree because right? if you're the Bucks, like you might as well try to ride it out and whatever. Like I'm not gonna get myself into like a Carmelo Nick situation where they traded for him, um, where you know Masai like got a bunch of assets mm. for Carmelo when the Knicks really could have just waited for him to hit free agency, but they were too scared about like the Nets yeah. or another team jumping in. Bro, um, how many planes are here, man? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this is really the Tiny Tim's plane, man. Yo, I, I sound like I live beside Pearson, man. I don't. <laughs> no, it's it's actually a pretty sick drop, man. It's it's honestly the same as a Derek Brandeo drop at this point. God damn. Um, but yeah, but like I think I was saying last time too, like what are the examples of a team trading their star? Like a star of this caliber before he had, had yeah. free agents. Uh, like I can't think of a last example. Like Darren Williams comes to mind, but he wasn't even that caliber. No, like, he was a great no, no, point no. guard. We're talking about two but you're not two time MVP. Yeah, you're not talking about yeah, you're not talking about a generational talent like like Giannis. So like yeah, I'm happy to entertain the hypothetical. I just don't think I just don't think the Bucks would do it. I think the Bucks would just exhaust every chance mm. to try to retain That's him. fair. That's fair. The same way that like OKC would do it. But like, yeah, I don't know. Like would you give up like, you know, assuming, you know, Pascal's still on the roster or Scotty, like, or some of the young guys, like, you willing to put all that on the table to get Giannis here and convince him to stay? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, but I get, no, for one year, though, like, if there's a guarantee, then obviously Here's I'll the make thing. the move. They even traded, they traded DeMar and some young, yeah. and, 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 and Yak and, and first uh, future first for yeah. one year of guaranteed walking Kawhi. Like, like, in this case, you can maybe even convince Giannis a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what you would do. I just think that's a different scenario. Uh, Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Like, you'll be like, Giannis, this is the air show. It happens every summer, but only in August. So make sure you stay in Toronto for it. Like, yeah, also, it appears Union Station construction might be complete in seven years. It's like, yo, if you just sign, if you just sign the max extension, you'll be able to travel with the NASA's. Hey, hey. (laughs) like, yeah, with no problem. By the way, did you see the NASA's? Uh, told the uh, told media that he was strongly considering leaving the Bucks for the Knicks this summer because he wanted playing time. That's that's tough. <laughs> this is, who this on the Knicks like- was telling Thanas? Who's whispering in thirty two year old Thanasis Thanakuba's ear, being like, "Hey, well, we got minutes here for you. Like, get over here." No, that's is- wild, man. Thanasis needs to realize was that Azeltam as well? Was Azeltam telling him? <laughs> Thanasis needs to realize he's a Memphis bleak. But no, I think <laughs> no, that's tough. No, I think I think you have a good point. Like, like I mean, I did say last time, like you should like do everything possible. Yeah, well, that's the thing to get Giannis here. But I, I don't know the conversation for me. It's like I I just would bet on Giannis not. I would bet on the Bucks not actually trading. Yeah, I agree. Giannis, I agree. even if it was floated out there, like you don't. And it depends on what what team the Raptors have here, right? Like the Kawhi trade was the move Bro, to put them over oh the top. God. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. <laughs> no, it sounds sick. I feel like I'm on season one of Lost, man. Um, but like, Yo. but like, I just like 
the Raptors are probably not going to be in that position yeah. if Giannis becomes available, especially if they have to trade assets off the team. Well, I mean, I, like at that but point, I, but you not, have to try. It, it doesn't make sense. You have to try though, because otherwise, why are you in the NBA? If Giannis is available for trade and you don't try to trade, yes, for him, you shouldn't even yes. be in the NBA. Yes, That's my no, no. I, I, I expect Milwaukee to get thirty or uh, twenty-nine offers. You know what I mean? Like, no, for sure. I, I think I think you do, but I think. Listen, man, yeah. Like I said it last time, man. Like you should change your whole organization's thinking. Right. If you think you have like a Daryl Morey ten percent chance to, to get what this I'm thing. not gonna do is wait for free agency though. Like that if, yeah. That to me does sound very unlikely. Uh the trade the trade conversation is tough though, because like once you're trading away guys, like what team is here left? It, it don't matter. It, it don't we have Giannis, he's he's gonna count for three players. And then we yeah, have some other guys uh, around him. Like, but like again, like yeah, the trade I'll, will be I'll like, be, for example, with you. in this case, to you know, you trade Pascal in that trade for, for Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. You get a contract. You get a player who's under contract long term. I'm assuming he signed the extension. You got a player who's here under contract long term who can be an all star level player for you. And, and then some young prospects. That'll be very similar to the Kawhi trade where they got DeMar, who was an all star caliber player under contract for a couple of years, entering his 30s. Like, it would it'd be very similar to the return. Now, the Kawhi trade was very specific, and it's not like the Giannis situation, but. Again, like I could see some value in that for small markets because, again, I think San Antonio took the offer just because they kept them more competitive, right? Pascal will keep them more competitive versus like probably something that OKC would put together um, in this case. But again, like if Giannis were ever to hit, that's the thing. That's the big if because, as you mentioned, when OKC had KD, they wrote it out to the end with KD because they were championship contenders. You know, when hey, man, they were, they were up 3 1. They were up 3 1 on the, they were up 3 1 on the Warriors, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if, if they if they win if they win the championship that year, I don't know. KD might still be there. Yeah, and I th- and I think they would have had a really good shot against Cleveland too. But like, you know, you you when you had LeBron leaving, you know, um, Cleveland the first time, they wrote it out to the end with with, with LeBron, right? When mm-hmm. LeBron mm-hmm. went to the end in M- Miami, they wrote it out to the end with him. When he wrote it out towards the end in Cleveland, you know, they didn't trade him. You know what I mean? Like these type of players are like impossible to trade. It's so yeah, it's it just is, it's it just hard tough. to get value, and like if you think about too, like sure the Raptors can put their players on the table, but you think about like if OKC you know put together an offer, like even without they're like Chet the Holmgren table, like, and some other stuff. Yeah, right? like no, like they could give they could give the Bucks enough players where they can at least you know just like speed up a rebound. Yeah, right yeah, away, for sure. If if that's where they want to go, right, and like. Once you start thinking about other teams, like, you know, we need to get, you know, the Warriors need to get Draymond on the table. Oh. And whoever else that they have. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and make that happen. You're going to be running triple uh, handouts like, with Thanasis, man. <laughs> no, but it's like you go around the league and it's like, you know, a lot of teams, like you mentioned, if the 29 teams get into the bidding, it's like a lot of teams yeah, can, can really fair. put together a stronger offer, I feel like. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Right. So, I don't know, man. Like, the Raptors just need... Like you, like you talked about last time, the Raptors needs to just get themselves together. First. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like get yourself together so you can show up, um, you know, to this to this prom with Giannis and and you know land land the date or whatever. Mm. Like they just need. There's just a lot. There's a lot for them. But let's listen. Like I don't think it's a surprise that the Raptors are are a dark horse. Like I don't know. Like it's just like everything that we heard last go around. No, they they um, really wanted him. They, I mean, obviously yeah, every and, team and, really and, wants him, but like, yeah. And I think there was a mutual respect there. Um, so you know, I, I think you know this is better. This is better than nothing, I guess. The fact that they're a dark horse, but it is better than nothing. I, I, I'm happy to be mentioned. You know, I'm flattered to even be in the conversation. <laughs> yeah, we're we're no, we're really back. We're really back at at this stage. 
just you know happy listen man if we land a meeting that's a top seven moment in oh absolutely <laughs> man and by the way landing a meeting yo where would the meeting be in toronto if it was in toronto uh, let's like, be real we, they're gonna where are we taking Giannis? they're gonna go to yorkville again like you know okay okay not greek town not hitting that we're, not hitting that kind of like greek town vibe we're gonna take him to the dam for is that what you're telling me man <laughs> i don't know but what if he has a whole day here they got to give him a whole tour well, yeah well i mean it's like here's union station where the is gonna have to walk to <laughs> After we, after we put him on the injured list, here's the Up Express. All right, it's gonna get you to the airport Yo, quickly. He's, he's gonna be he's gonna be the Red Rocket man. He's gonna be like Matt Bonner. Yo, imagine just seeing the asses on the subway when we go from Bloor to the arena. Like, here's the path. Oh. Um, you know what though? Legit, if mm-hmm. if Giannis and Thanasis came here, I think Thanasis would be like a great podcast guest. Oh, um, number yeah. one, um, you know, availability is the best ability, and he would be very available. I feel for like, sure, for sure. He could be the Danny Green in this situation. <laughs> oh, I, I no, I think he'd be. He's I, the add-on in the trade okay. that comes with the podcast. It's perfect. Yeah, no, I, I think I, we, I we got a lineup be, to be Harrison so. Sanford. Then I guess. Um, oh no! Um, yeah, I was gonna say some other names. No, but um, no, you I'm No, when they <laughs> no. <laughs> oh no! When they um. What's that meme of Wesley Snipes like holding the gun? It's like when they have to wave Jeff Down Jr. to make room for the Oh Nazis, yeah, it's gonna be amazing. Oh, that's tough, man. When they clear that, when they clear that roster spot, they're like, uh, it says in your contract you're getting paid zero dollars guaranteed. So I mean, <laughs> and then I still see him walking around to see a doubter. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, report. Uh, you know, uh, Alex Wojnarowski here. Um, Jeff Down Jr. likes going for evening walks around the CN Tower. Oh yeah. Well, I thought your new nickname um, was Alessandro. Uh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Juan Jacelli or something. Go check, yeah. go check out my friend Mark Saval and Joey's Toronto Living's podcast. That's right. That's right. Promise, promise them a hundred streams. I think they're at fifty. Right yeah, now. they have fifty. I, I, you know what? As a real friend to both you and Mark, I listened to it on Spotify. Mm. I, 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 and I also clicked it on YouTube, so you get two views. You know? No, that's hard. Yeah, that's how much I appreciate um, one one view. Also, shout <laughs> Also, shouts to Vintage We Trust. Um, I actually helped them um, put together like a podcast series oh, yeah, yeah. last summer. And it's finally out in Vintage We Trust After Dark. Go check it out. They tell a lot of fun behind the scenes stories about like running a vintage store. Oh, okay. Um, and we also went through the Google reviews where they got a bunch of one-star reviews. And then they responded to all of them. What's the one? St- oh, um, is it like the restaurant reviews? Yeah, yeah, like oh, customer. Yeah, reviews. yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Nice. So in vintage we trust. Um, after dark, check it out. Shouts to our boy Ben who helped us edit it. And oh everything. yeah. So shouts to Benji. Go to the store, pick up your yeah. Shouts to Benji. Shouts to Benji. To no Fort Minor. No. What? Um. Okay. Anyway, it's a, it's a uh, song by uh, Fort Minor. Any other thoughts on uh on Giannis? No, I mean just like yeah, come come to Toronto, Giannis. If you sign a five year deal, the the Eglinton Light Rail will probably be finished uh, two years after you're gone. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's so funy picturing the Nazis on the Up Express. <laughs> He's like, it's the fastest really, way to get to Pearson. <laughs> he really gonna take the up, man. That's amazing. Oh uh, man. Oh, I hear the plane coming again. Oh, that means yeah, it's gonna be here to- in two seconds then. <laughs> You know the same way they tracked down LeBron's flight, like when he was testing free agency going back to Cleveland. Yeah. I need to see the flight path of of this plane, right. man. Because what are we doing? We're doing this the whole day. Um. Anyways, couple more segments here. I believe that was the bulk of the basketball talk. Mm. Um. So we're gonna definitely get to your Chicago trip recap. Yep. I, I we were um, gonna start but, with it, but I intentionally pushed it towards the end because I. I called my own ISO yeah. with this trip because it, you know it was so good. Great, yeah. 
great call great call um i think this was a great call but we have um just a couple of listener messages and, and emails wow, okay um that that i wanted to get to as as always appreciate everyone for for sending all the stuff in we can only where can they send this stuff to in too alex oh yeah info at stevenlebron.com mm. always try to get to all of them so you know last time one of the questions that we got was the most underrated and overrated neighborhoods right. in Toronto, which honestly was a great question. Oh, it was a great question. Um, this is yeah. this is no disrespect to everyone who's just always talking about can we trade Pascal and, and and Dragon Ball Z? Yeah. Oh, and also Pascal. We got three questions. Um, all right. And, and Pascal. No, I really them. appreciate. I really appreciate the great questions. Um, shouts to Mary Brown as well for sending in five questions. Great Sorry for not. Getting to all of them, you know, we were a little delirious in the fourth hour, to be honest. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so, so I think one of the one of the neighborhoods um, that you called overrated was Liberty Village. Yeah, I, I stand by that take because yeah, friend so, of the program, Ennis mm. uh, Ennis Esmer, who you know um, we've mentioned on this podcast quite a few times. You know, we ho- he hosts yeah. a poker see, game. See you at the, see you at the game on Monday. That's right. Yeah. Well, well, I will be there. Mm. I'll be there no matter what mm. uh, Mbappe style. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Uh, so he messaged me yesterday at 10.22 p.m., which I assume means that he finally finished listening to the banter pod a week later. Mm. Uh, he said, listening to the banter pod, I've literally referred to Liberty Village as an, uh, as an adult dorm. <laughs> <laughs> and this is as a resident yeah. of Liberty Village. All right, so, <laughs> right. right. Not, like, not, not, not to dox the famous homie. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, no, so okay, so you have a testimonial straight from the source. Yes, straight from Liberty Sources Village. Sources close to situation confirmed that Liberty Village is an adult dormitory. Yeah, so Rabbi, a um, uh, 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 listener of the show, right. put us on a group chat on IG, and he wrote, "Guys, huge beef with you calling Liberty Village as overrated." While I'm listening to the pod on the go train from Exhibition to Union. Mm-hmm. Here's why it's a great neighborhood to live in. And then here are the following right. point forms that he has. So let's go through these and get your thoughts on I mean, them, the okay? fact that he's on the GO train is already pretty damn good. The fact that you can walk to the GO train is pretty sick. But yeah, keep going. Yeah, yeah so so there's that. Number one, he said, it's a seven-minute scooter ride or a five-minute drive to Loga's Corner. So proximity to Parkdale. All right, yeah, solid, solid. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't have anything against that. I, I like that you can just hop on the 504 and... You know, for free if the streetcar's running. Okay, of the bus. so we're giving we're giving Liberty Village one point for everything that you agree with. We're gonna give it one point. See, it, it is it is very accessible to park though. I agree. It, or just walking distance. You could scoot whatever you want. It's like walking over. It's like probably 15, 20 minutes. But yeah, nice. Okay, yeah, I like it. He, um, number two, um, they've got other fantastic food spots like Chiang Mai Burger Drops, Eight Mile Detroit Pizza, Kinton Ramen, Alouette. Okay, Kinton Ramen Korean is a chain, man. Chicken. You can have Kinton Ramen Joy all over the city, me. man. Yo, I just searched Kinton Ramen. It says Kinton Ramen, like North York, Kinton Ramen Church, Kinton Ramen Harborfront. Like, yo, you can't be like, let me think. Yo, that's like literally saying we have a monkey sushi nearby, man. Come on. You know what? That I strip actually, there does have I actually have do some. like Kinton Ramen, but like, uh, let's be honest. No, but like that, strip, that strip there, that one street across from the McDonald's does have some pretty good spot yeah you hitting up the local what is what are you doing man oh no no not that not that plaza there's like another street with like pretty good food okay okay like the ones that he listed right now oh, okay, but like okay, okay we're, gi- we're giving a half a let point, me see eight okay? mile pizza That's, hold on hold on yeah eight mile i think Faisal kamisa pizza. friend of the program vouches for eight mile pizza another chain wow there's one near the office 
Is that, oh. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yes. I've walked by, I've walked by it. I think it's yeah, on church. Yeah, yeah. All, right, yeah, yeah. all right. All right. So we're going to give it 0. 0.5. Like you're not starving. Oh, sorry. It's the, it's the craft. Sorry. The local or something else. The craft is what I had in mm. mind. Yeah. Yes. But like, okay, all we're right. going to give 0. 0.5 for that. Um, he says there's a cha time there. I'm not gonna. I can't give it Bro, any points. A cha time. We're in Toronto, yeah. man. Shout, there's a cha time all over shout, the place. Shouts to cha time. Number one, like uh, bubble tea in yeah. the whole city. So shouts a friend of the program, cha time. Yeah. Um, uh, next up, can walk to CNE and catch a TFC game, and soon be able to do it for the World Cup in 2026. Okay, that is pretty sick. I agree. I, yeah. I think proximity is actually the the biggest point for for. Well, but but also, what does it say about Liberty Village when its best quality is that it's close to great neighborhoods? I mean, like close to you know yeah, what I mean yeah. though. Like the fact that it's close to Parkdale is good, but then just you know, Parkdale's better. Then. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, at the same time, like yeah. I, I I do see that as a plus. Like the fact that it is like accessible to many places. You know, like. You can hop on the go train and and go to see your friends in Oakville. You could uh Yeah, I just think I, close I to places cannot be the number one thing about a, a place. You know what I <laughs> it, mean? It's like saying the best thing about Fanassis is that he's Giannis's brother. Like <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. So I'll give I'll give the proximity to the World Cup um half a point. So we're at two hey, points. Hey man, if you Airbnb your um, place for that for that World Cup, you might you might make like <laughs> ten grand. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Yeah, I might need to do that when the Taylor Swift tour is here. Oh, um, yeah. So uh, next up, again, close to Trinity Bellwoods. Um, I mean, that's all right. I feel like everything's it's. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna give it half a point there. So I, is it that close at, to Trinity? I, I mean, yeah, I guess yeah, it is. I guess it is. You're right. I guess you're right. You're right. It is. It is. It is. I forgot how um, wide close Liberty to Trinity. So close to Trinity. You can take Bellas, the sixty-three so we'll uh, Ossington bus to. Nah, to don't mention bus numbers. Oh man, I got scared. Um, close enough to Chinatown. Close uh, enough. Close now we've enough gone to from Chinatown. Close. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yo, we need. No, nah, man. We, no we need way. to recruit. We, no. we need. We need to recruit a group of scientists like Oppenheimer to study Liberty Village. Man. Ain't no way that you said that, like, man. Yo, it says a thirty-three minute transit or a forty-two minute walk from uh, hey, listen, from man. Eight Mile Pizza I will say, to Wilson. All right, no, that's not it. That that can't be. It. I will say. I will say for like bikers downtown, it is pretty easy to bike from Liberty Village to no, it, to place. Absolutely, it's seventeen minute bike. But I mean, like if we're gonna say yeah. seventeen minute bike is the mark of proximity, that like no, I hear like you. literally Dufferin Mall is closer than than that. All they do have a good access to Dufferin Mall too, I suppose. Yeah, you can take this the, 20, like saying the, the Raptors. Dufferin. This is like saying the Raptors are close to a championship. <laughs> close enough. Yeah, we got Giannis. We're pretty close. No, we we technically have a one in thirty chance. No, nah, man. Also, imagine what it will sound like in Liberty Village right now during the freaking air show. <laughs> yeah, so we're docking a point for the air show. Yeah, the air show actually um, is a huge minus, man. Holy. Yeah, so we're at two out of ten for Liberty. Yo, Village. Liberty Village then, is literally closer to High Park than it is closer to Chinatown, man. I, I can't accept Rabbi that. Rabbi, Rabbi also said close enough to Vintage we trust. All right, that, imagine, yeah, all imagine right. convincing like your partner, like yo. We should move to this neighborhood because it's close to one single retail store <laughs> in yeah. Parkdale. Man, that's how divorces happen. Anyways, oh, um, right. <laughs> so, so, and then last one yeah. is, e- okay, I'm dying. Man. Uh, easy access to the subway to get in and out. <laughs> what? It's not easy access to the subway. Hold on. 
What are we doing? It, it's actually that's actually not a good area to get on that's, the subway. Ah, no, yeah, that's it's actually not a, not a good area to get on the subway. Like the closest no. subway station is either Dufferin. Oh no, no. Oh my bad, my bad. He said um like highway, highway, not the subway, highway. Oh, highway, highway access. It's still not like the best. If you live in a, I mean, I don't know. If you live in a Liberty Village, how many people are driving down there, man? You know, parking's mad expensive. And like, no, if, if you're if the goal is to be close to other neighborhoods, then I don't know if it's like being close. I mean, it is a plus. Objectively, it's a plus. What's the nearest entrance, man? You get it on a Jameson? Yeah, I think Jameson is, is the closest. Right. The Jameson Dunn exit? Mm. Yeah. But it's not like that close. Anyways. So th- Damn, we just stole we a whole segment off of them. Mark Savelle's pod, man. We could have done this at Savelle's pod. <laughs> we, um, so in the end, I think we're giving, uh, we've bumped Liberty Village up to a 2 out of 10. I, I think for me, um, it's the, the proximity so, yeah. point is really good. Like, I actually do MBA. Yeah. Like, I have a long commute to a lot of places. Um, mm-hmm. I think the proximity to some cooler neighborhoods nearby is cool to me. Uh, my big thing was just like, yeah, it's just it's just really far to like, I guess, parks. But even that, I suppose it's close to the lakeshore. I feel like that could have been a huge plus. Like you could just go down to the lake anytime. Mm. If you go down strong. Yeah, you so, know? so hmm, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Strachan. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, Rabbi, if, if you want to send a second round of rebuttals, um, we will. We are willing to create one more segment right. about Liberty Village. And if anybody else wants to either defend um, a neighborhood that we pointed out or what else do we point show out? love to a neighborhood. Oh, I think we hated um, on Corktown as well, which I mean. Yeah, but I was hating on like distillery district. I think it's also the type of people that live in Liberty. <laughs> like, yeah, no, okay, let's not. Okay, yeah. let's not lose our listeners. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. All right, next live show will be at Craft. Um, uh, free, uh, free records white and records red on us all night. Yeah. Oh. We should. Do, we should actually do an event in Liberty Village. Like, if Liberty Village were a beer, it would be like Michelob Ultra. You know, like. What's wrong with Michelob, man? That's Scotty Gwen's favorite drink, man. That's, yeah. Is it? How do you um, know that? Because I watched 18 years of live poker programming. Probably. I didn't know Michelob Ultra had that kind of history, man. Yeah, he always asked for a Michelob. Oh, interesting. Um, anyways, so please send us your neighborhood thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want them uh, read on air, uh, info at stevenlebron.com. Uh, and and Rabbi also closed by saying that the most uh, overrated neighborhood is the financial district but i don't think anyone's rating the financial district. is that a neighborhood who lives in the financial district man <laughs> i don't know man what if you work for apple and ibm maybe you sleeping at the office you sleep at the td tower like wait what oh, can man. you actually live in the financial district no it's mostly business building like you can there. i know but you can live in the just... entertainment district but like the financial district like yeah, you, he's a king on he... like king in university i don't no, I think he's. I, I guess there are sure some. I guess there are some apartments like there. The neighborhood. Right. We should have our next event at Paris, Texas, on King West. No but, way, that's a real yeah. place, man. Yeah. Oh, you didn't see the viral video when they invited a bunch of influencers there for the opening, and then um, uh, Wait, Max no. Kerman from from the Arkells was like in one of the shots. Oh, you mean friend of the program? Uh, but uh, hold on, hold on. Paris, Texas. Let me see that. Yeah, it's a new spot. Um. Which looks like any other old spot. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> no, Jack, Jack Locke and Sawyer just got off Oceanic A15 in the background as you were checking. Oh my god, man. Yeah, anyways, did you look up Paris, Texas? Yeah, but it, it, so it's a 3.7 with 53 reviews, so that's, that's tough. I will say, 
you know, at the start of the pandemic shutdown, uh-huh. like remember when you were like biking all over the place, like you would send me like ghost photos from like young young Dundas Square where there was like no one there. Yep, yep. Um, because nobody was outside, and like I was biking a lot too, because I was like really the only way to like get out, and it was um. Yeah, like I would bike past King West a lot, and it seemed like every time I biked past King West, it was like the pandemic didn't happen because mm. people were just still partying there. I mean, hey, man, <laughs> like the clubs were still open. Would so. you not risk your life for a place <laughs> called Paris, Texas? I can't imagine. Uh, and two we have one um, more different than Paris we have one Texas, uh, listener email. Um, thanks for everyone for sending it in. Just, just you know, being aware of the time, and because I got to meet the big O. So Greg, Greg wrote in. Um, Greg W said, what's good, Alex? Hope this email finds you well. Longtime listener of Stephen LeBron Radio and Will Lou of Raptors Republic fame and big supporter of what you two have been able to build as co-host of the Raptor show on Sportsnet. As a kid in the 90s, my first memory of basketball was sitting in the living room with my dad watching Michael Jordan and the Bulls dominate the league on cable on TV. Mm. The NBA expanded into Toronto when I was six years old, and at the time, I was a Jordan stan. Like a lot of millennial Raptors fans, it was Vince Carter who brought the Raptors to the mainstream of basketball culture, discourse, and fandom. I only realized, looking back as an adult, how influential this sports franchise could be in my day-to-day life. Fast forward 30 years, my dad is retired in his 70s and still gets up at 5.45 a.m. for the love of the game Mm. to watch Team Canada win by 55 against Lebanon at the FIBA World Cup. Nobody creates additional work for themselves like you and Will, but we're grateful for it because my dad and I regularly listen to the Raptor show. Wow. Uh, the program is an anchor for a lot of our Raptors-related convos after marquee games. Even though my dad and I have lived in different cities for over a decade, we still get to enjoy each other's company and bond over the content that you and Will produce. There are a lot of us Raptors sickos out there, and though there are other reputable Raptors journalists, I can't think of any others that make us listeners feel like we're sitting next to each other at the poker table, drinking soju, betting with literal peanuts, and just vibing. Wow. I pre-ordered a hard copy of Prehistoric so I can experience the origin story of the Raptors and relive those moments with my dad from a new point of view. I figure if you're willing to allocate generational wealth and time to procuring vintage Raptors gear, then you're probably going to write a phenomenal book about the genesis of the Raptors franchise. I just want to say thanks for generating content free for us listeners. And I hope you and will continue to ca- collaborate as the Raptors universe, Sam wise and Frodo Baggins. Wow. Who is Sam wise? I, I mean, it has to be you. <laughs> no, but like, no, literally like who is Sam? Oh, what? Wait, like, Oh my God. Okay. First, no, who's first, Sam? first off. Also, is there an amazing is there a twin? Email. Is there all right? Amazing. Is there email, a Sam? No, all amazing. Right. Thank you, Greg. Amazing email. Like, is there a Sam Wise and a Sam Dumb? Like, oh, what's like brother? Oh, <laughs> no, brother. <but> like, <laughs> all right, all right. You know what? You know what? Since we were who doing is this, Sam Wise? Is he a Hobbit? They're all Hobbits, bro. It's literally the Hobbit who's accompanying Frodo the whole way. You know the the guy that was beside him, Potato. Okay, he was like the one guy in the so, movie that didn't have like so like an Australian or New Zealand or British accent. He had a, like an American so, accent. Are hobbits kind of like okay. like 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 Saiyans, like super uh, Saiyans in Dragon Ball? Like they're their own because there are humans in this, right? I can't believe like, are there humans? I can't believe we're stepping away from that incredibly excellent. Email. We will get back, Greg. We will we'll, get we'll back get, to this. We'll get back to Greg. Okay, we, we have to we'll do the Lord of the Rings segment every show now. Um, so mm. in in the in the universe of like Middle Earth, right? That's like the world, like the planet, I guess that they live in. <laughs> You're telling me they're mid. <laughs> Uh, the, yeah, all right. Just Middle Earth, all right. The whole place they live in is mid. Kind of, but like, so yeah. there's like different groups of beings, like let's species, let's say, right? Oh, um, so there's okay. like there's like 
men, like just humans. <laughs> they're just men. <laughs> Thanks, man. They're just men. All right. They're just men. All right. Yeah. So I'm just yeah. men. All right. It's like literally Ken. Like right? who who of those main characters was was a man? Like so a normal human. Your boy, uh Boromir. Okay. Was just a what man. about Leg like Legolas or whatever? Legolas is an elf. This is- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to my elves, but He's an elf? He's an elf, yeah. So they got okay. they, they have pointy ears. Okay. They have like okay. some like supernatural strength and they also like live forever basically. So they have men. Men There's are mortal. Elves. Men are mortal. And so Aragorn is a man, They're, right? Aragorn's a man okay, as well. Okay, so so he could die. Yeah. yeah, but he's got like extraordinary long life cuz he had like some elvish blood in his in his heritage or something like that or he comes from a line of like old kings that live whatever. That doesn't matter. He's a man. He's just forget it. He's a man. All right. That's too complicated. Uh, then there are hobbits who who are characteristically short. They are I'm not entirely sure. Like Lord of the Rings has like huge lore, so I'm not I don't know all of it, but like or most of it to be honest. But from my understanding, they're like adjacent to men, but they're not. They're like their own little species. Uh and they're like their characteristic is that they're really small. So like they're half sizes. Like they they're you know, so a lot of them call they're okay. called halflings in the movie, for example. So so Frodo <laughs> okay. is is So they're is like a, a mix they're like a mixed breed. Yeah. No, they're their own thing, but they're just half, you know? Okay. Like they're like a diluted okay. drink, right? Okay. Uh, so for them, so in the movie that you would recognize, Frodo, obviously, Smeagol, back when he was a human or was a hobbit, before he got <laughs> corrupted by the ring, yeah. was also a hobbit. Deagle yeah. was also a hobbit. Um, okay. And then, as you know, in the movie, Frodo goes along with three other hobbits to accompany him. Especially in the first movie. Remember there was like four little guys running around and Frodo was one of them? Sure. So yeah, yeah. the guy who Sounds like sounds like the Raptors offense. <laughs> relax, all right. <laughs> relax, all right. So these are point guards essentially, right? Um yeah. we have we have uh Mary and Pippin. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, hold on, man. Yeah, we well, don't know about Mary and Pippin. <laughs> hold on, man. Do they sing songs? Like what do they They literally do? sing songs. There's a lot of song okay. singing in Lord of the Rings. Okay, cuz yeah. cuz they sound like singers. They sound like like an entertainment There's trope, there's right? a there's a very poignant scene in uh the third movie Return of the King where Pippin is going into like servitude for like the kingdom of men and he has to sing to the uh that's, what, that's whatever. amazing. He you know, literally sings. You know, it's yeah. it's hilarious because like I've I've literally watched all. Yeah, movies, I know, I know, but, but I, I just don't remember. You just missed the finer points. It's okay. So, yeah. so Sam, who who is Samwise, Samwise Gamgee is like the like the personal assistant to Frodo in the whole movie. So he's with them literally the whole way, all the way into so the fires he's, he's, of Mount Doom. He's Frodo's Jeremy Castleberry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, yeah. Are they equals or not equals? Like, uh, you know what? Honestly, I, I feel like giving him Jeremy Casabury is taking away too much credit from Sam because there's like legitimate moments where Sam saves Frodo. Like the the ring does not get destroyed without Sam's help. Okay, okay, okay. yeah. So he's like a Sergi Baca to, and, and, to and he's kind of like beefing with Smeagol the whole way for like the whole. <laughs> Yo, man, what they drop in distress? No, they're legit beefing <laughs> with each other the whole way. Like Sam never trusted Smeagol. Um, Smeagol yeah. never well, liked. How, look, look at Smeagol. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> look at, look at this dude. You know, if anybody trusted him, you're a poor judge of character. Man. <laughs> this guy has three okay. strands of hair like Homer Simpson. He has a single cloth that he hasn't washed in years ever since he killed Deagle. Like, uh, like this is a man. disgusting. This is a disgusting. Not even human being. He's a hobbit. Like, <laughs> how could you? 
No, like that's a big plot hole for me that anyone would even trust Smeagol. Yeah. No. Like does and does he even walk well, he like crawl. Here's one of the things. One of the central like the, the I guess the central tension with the the Smeagol character is like how much of his like humanity was lost due to being corrupted by the evil ring. I'm going to say looking at his face a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. And in the end yeah. he was really like just all out for the ring. But like, was he redeemed at the end? So Frodo has a really kind heart, so he wants to like befriend Smeagol and like get him to like essentially mm-hmm. like trust him. And you know, like Smeagol was really making good progress towards like just being kinder and just being better with them. Um, but the whole time Sam was just like, nah, man, I can't trust him. <laughs> good. Yeah. But anyway, so Sam, Sam was very, very important. Uh, he was his friend. But I mean, in, I have to reveal to you a new character because these characters you already seen in the movie, right? Okay. One character that I have to reveal to you. So as you know. Um, J.R.R. Tolkien really loved naming brothers or like family members very similarly, right? In the cases of Smeagol yeah. and Deagle, in the cases yeah. of Boromir and Faramir, you know, the, you know yeah. those two, right? Those are men. So Sam has a father mm. that has a very similar name to Sam. Can you guess what Sam's father's name was? Is it also like wise, like something wise, or is just it just? I with actually Sam? don't know if it has wise in it, okay. but I'm pretty okay. sure. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Cam? No, no, yeah. that would make sense, right? Cam? Okay. Cam yeah. would, would make sense because it's closest. Yeah, Cam wise? No, but it's not Cam wise. Um, well, that, that's pretty hard. Okay. Shouts to Cam Ron. What, what, what is it? What is it? Tell me. All right. I'm, I'm not even kidding when I say this. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to be so mad. Sam, Sam's father's name is Ham. No, 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 no. Hold on, man. Hold on, yeah. man. I'm, I'm, go- I'm going on JR Token's no, Wikipedia. Look up, what look, else has look, this man done? Look up right now. Hamfast Gamgee is his full name. Hold on, man. The, his second name is Hamfast. Uh, yeah, Ham. When I look, when I look up Hamfast, I get recipes for instant pot <laughs> ham and the best ham glaze. Okay, that's disgusting. But and brown sugar oh, ham steak. Yeah. So here's the thing. Yeah. American ham is so bad compared to like Spanish ham. It's actually insane that they're called the same thing. Hamfast but... Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hamfast Gamgee. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then uh, now I'm seeing. Um, there's also a, a dude named. No, Hamfast Gamgee, better known as the Gaffer. Yeah, yeah, they call him the Gaffer, yeah. Yo, my God, I hate this. <laughs> fu- I, oh, man. I gotta edit, I man. Hate, yeah, you have to edit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate this film series. <laughs> Hold on, man. I'm going on J.R.R. Tolkien's wiki because uh, he's a one-hit wonder to me right now. Like, there's no way this guy has other hits. <laughs> so, I mean, he, okay, so I know he, oh, sorry, so a Hobbit was a separate book. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then Lord of the Rings. It's a three-part book. Oh, my book, God. Yeah. This man, RIP to him, passed away in Burnmouth. Burnmouth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's Hampshire, not, that's not too surprising. England. Yeah, I mean, he based a lot of the themes on, like, you know, English landscapes and stuff like that. Yeah, it, no, it, I don't. There's also I don't, some very I'm racist sure. allegories in this book, but let's just not go down that path. Like, yeah, wow, like this guy is really a goat, eh? Okay, I respect, I respect J.R. Token. Yeah, yeah. You know when your wiki is like 19 paragraphs deep. Well, I mean, the there's just like a ton of lore around all of it, but yeah, I mean, ha- yeah. Ham Gamgee is is pretty funny considering that's, his son is that's, Sam. No, and it's insane that he's known as the Gaffer. Yeah, well, they call him the like, gaffer. Well, Sam talks about his dad a lot. He's like always trying to make his dad proud. Did he work at Yahoo Sports? <laughs> Was he part of the championship run? Get in the locker room. Come here. Uh, oh. the, the gaffer is so sick, man. No. Okay. So, so does so at, in the end, don't they like? Do they retrieve the ring, or does the ring fall down that volcano forever? No. The the, the ring 
was actually destroyed. That's the whole point of Lord of the Rings. Um, okay, so there's it, no it, more it, evil. The ring could have yeah. only been destroyed in that one particular place because that that was the fire that was like used yeah. to like weld the ring. We haven't even talked about like Gandalf was a cool character. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, we'll, we'll get into uh, like all that kind of stuff. And yeah, in maybe next episodes, time on yeah. Dragon Ball. I'm just gonna teach yeah, you a yeah. little bit about Lord of the Rings every episode. Yeah, let's get into the wizards next mm. time. Those are wizards. Those right? are wizards. They're yeah. totally different. It's Gandalf, and who is the other guy? That he had a rival, right? Uh, yeah. Or was he the only wizard? Yeah. What's his? I, um, why, why am I forgetting on, his name, man? man? I'm, I'm really disappointed. Yeah. Sorry. It, the, yeah, yeah. But Isengard, that, yeah, guy, that guy. It was. It was at Isengard. I'm looking up Gandalf rivalry. Who was Gandalf's rival? Let's see. Uh, Saro- yeah, Saruman. Saruman. Yeah, Saruman. Yeah, Saruman. Saruman. <laughs> that's another great name, man. Who who does this? Man? He literally like even. Oh, even, oh man! <laughs> oh, we gotta defend this. Is one like, of my favorite movies. It's like, man. This stuff. it's like how do you how do you like your chicken, Saruman? <laughs> yeah, like Gandalf in itself is a pretty ridiculous name too. Oh, if you think man. About Saruman it. sounds like but, like Jamaican or something, man. How yeah, yeah, how yeah. man? Yeah, he's the farthest Sar- thing from it, man. <laughs> Saruman out here drinking red stripe. <laughs> like, what are, what are we doing, man? No, man. No. I swear Lord of the Rings is sick, we? man. Lord of the Rings is sick. You got, uh, I'm going to have to watch back, it again, man. Back to your email, Greg. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. appreciate, Really appreciate the email. I think what he's describing is, like, the coolest thing about doing this job is, like, um, like there's a community that gets built around, obviously, our shared love of the Raptors. And um, that that's, like, that's honestly most of the reasons why we play sports or like even watch sports or follow sports. Like it's really has nothing to do with us other than the meaning that we choose to give it. But if we choose to all sort of give it in these, like, I, I don't know, I guess if we choose to invest our feelings into this thing, it, it's a point of connection that we, a lot of people have. And like, realistically, a lot of, you know, father son relationships are centered around sports. Like you play golf with your dad every week. Like I play and talk about soccer with my dad quite often and you know like that sort of that love of the game is sort of passed down and i'm sure it's like that for you know you know uh, other family ties too i'm not suggesting that moms can't play sports with their daughters or anything like that but i think it's it's especially prevalent for men and so like yeah i mean the fact that people can bond over the show the fact that people can bond on the raptors like that's the whole point we do this for otherwise why are we just like invested so invested in all the tiny minutiae and details of this thing that really has nothing to do with us but we're choosing to to engage in that thing so that we can have that point of connection. And uh, yeah, that's cool, man. I think that's the coolest thing about sports is community. So um, I'm really happy that uh, Greg and his dad, you know, have that uh, ability to bond. And, and I also, every time we get these emails, it kind of reminds me because I always have this image of like who's listening. And it's like, you know, a 25 to 35 year old Asian accountant. Um, yeah, but like it's in Lib- at the craft at Liberty. Village. I, I feel like very few Asians. Why well, I mean, not very, do, do a few Asians live there? Maybe not. I actually don't know. Do you br- know what? I'm gonna go do a demographic check. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, I don't know. I, I'm almost reminded that like the demographics are are pretty wide for what we do, and and um, I think that just speaks to like the popularity of basketball in general. But um, it, it is cool to me that like you know even his dad. Like I can only imagine his dad. If he was around at the time of the, he was six years old when the Raptors came here. His dad's probably got to be seventy-ish area, like he he in the Ham Gamgee uh, age of life right now. <laughs> so like, yeah, shouts to the gaffer, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. seventy years old listening to podcast. Greg that's, the that's pretty sick. So no, it's it's cool, and it's like not to like age the the people that like listen to the show, but I think like you mentioned, it's like when you think about like what the stereotypical 
person that'll be listening to podcasts, like you probably think it skews a little younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but it's kind of cool, like just even hearing this, and you know, have have had other people message me on IG, and I'm sure you've had the same interactions too, or just meeting people in person. Like I think I told a story about like meeting my sister's neighbor, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like one of like one of her family members was like a bit older. Um, shouts to Ken, and like he was a huge listener of the show, and it's 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 cool. It's it's cool to think that you know they they have to sit through like the JR token segments mm. to to get to a Tracy Murray interview but you know that's uh that's that's part of the deal. No, but it is super cool when you realize that like I think it's just like when you realize the different layers of like fans that that like make up this demographic, right? Yeah. Like it's a lot of fans that, you know, came in after the championship or have only followed this team for the past decade and then there's these diehard fans and it's like there's something incredibly cool about like having followed a franchise since it's like very beginning yeah like if you're a lakers fan like it's you know or fan you know teams that go way back like it's hard like you know those people are super old now um Mm. but it's like it's hard but it's like to be able to follow a team from like day one like i think that's like such a special and like incredible thing yeah and that's what we talk about too just like that generational like experience where the rappers get into this age as a as an organization where Lots of day one fans have had kids and they've made their kids Raptor fans, you know, and we have literally generations of, of Raptor fans like that. And not to make people feel old about like being at the start of it, but I think it's something beautiful. And um, yeah, again, like this is just another reminder of like why sports even exists in the first place. So, yeah, we love sports. Um, so uh, time is running out here. I'm going to give you 15 minutes uh-huh. max. On your Chicago, yeah, we're slashing the basketball trip. reference game. We don't really need it. Oh, thank God. We, we got to do a Lord oh. of the Rings reference game, man. I, you know what? I, I need you to prepare. For oh my God, three he Lord started. Of the Rings characters. He, he started in the lake and then he murdered his best friend. <laughs> and then from two, from how do they date the times in Middle Earth? Like, oh, don't worry, no, there's yeah, there's definitely years. Again, you can dig into oh. the lore. It, it's very, very like as far as just like background background stories on that kind of stuff it's very detailed yeah Yeah. all right man um more to come on the next episode of of dragon ball z so here's your space to provide your chicago trip recap my brother yeah so um first off it it was just a wonderful trip i i I just have such affection for the city of chicago um i had spent a lot of time there as a child but um, i don't remember a lot of it um but when i was there um a lot of the memories sort of came flooding back i used to have family that lived in chicago so we would go like you know for the holidays or for the summer or something like that so um but they lived in like i don't know we we used to always pack past uh rockford on the way to the the, where they actually lived so it was more of a suburb Mm. so i guess they would live in they lived in like the brampton i guess of 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 uh chicago but um, not to say that Rockford is the Brampton of Chicago. I, I think that's totally different. But like, regardless, um, yeah, going back. So the reason I went back, uh, Josh Hart is to be married, uh, you know, next month. And so we were going for his bachelor party. It was a great time. And, you know, we did a lot of like, new, like Chicago activities in that, in that period. Uh, you know, went to, there's a big drinking culture there. Not like a big drinking culture. That sounds really negative, but like, it's just people are really proud of like the type of beer and the spirits that they you know, make and the, there's apparently prohibition never really worked in Chicago. Like they just have a big tradition <laughs> of drinking, right? They have a lot of yeah. Im- Irish immigrants. They had a lot of like uh, German immigrants Actually, as well. What, I wasn't aware of this, like yeah. this drinking culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're like really proud of the, their pubs and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, went to a pub the first night, you know, had a great time. 
a second night, we went to play baseball. We had some t-shirts made. Actually, for my first time yeah, ever playing where, baseball. Yeah. Where did you go play baseball? So uh, Josh got a permit to play baseball in Lincoln Park. Oh, damn. But like not like Lincoln Park, like, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not the karaoke. Um, but like, yeah, like, you know, Lincoln. Yo, a- that's a- pretty Lincoln. sick, man. <laughs> What about what about the the shirts, man? Tell me about so yeah the, the shirts. Good question. The shirts. So we made uh well Josh made like these like um you know three quarter sleeve baseball tees for everybody. Oh like oh like raglan tees. Yeah, basically. And um he he put on the the, the shirts done playing the field, you know as like a oh I like that yeah I like that you know what yeah. I mean like shouts to Josh shouts man. to Josh and it was a great time. I had never played baseball before in my life. Um, mm. in an organized setting, so it was fun. First time I went up there, we, we didn't even play baseball; we played softball. Um, and we were doing like underhand pitch and stuff like that. But like, yeah, first time I went up there, I I struck out. Then I got a piece of advice from my good friend Chris, who was like, "Keep your eye on the ball when you're swinging through it. Don't take your eyes off of it." And from that mm. point onwards, I hit like six straight singles or something like that. Uh, oh wow! But it was really fun, and and we played two games of baseball. And then the night of, we went to what have deep dish pizza. Chicago is a nice. classic thing. We went to Luminati's or something like that. It kind of sounds like Luminati's, to be honest. But mm. uh, well, yeah, it's like how did you like how did you like the deep dish pizza, man? I think it's okay. Like I just think it's was okay. that your first time? Was that your first time having deep dish? Yeah, it was. Um, I th- yeah. I thought it was just okay. And and you know, it, for me, like first off, I had to pack like four lactase pills with me so that I wasn't just like ruining the bachelor oh, yeah, party you- with my flatulence. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you gotta stay. You gotta stay ready. Yeah, trust me. I was I was well prepared for this trip. So I- famously, like famously, when I tried deep dish the first time at, at that 2020 All Star Weekend, yeah, with friend of the program Ashley Hufford and, and Benji, mm. like we why we, are we call him Benji one. now. <laughs> you know what? He wants to be called Benji. Oh, as he well. does. Oh, okay. All the right. last time I called him Ben, he's like, "It's Benji." By the way, oh, yeah. that's hard. And, and I'm like, you, and I'm like, damn, that's awkward because yeah. you guys are good friends, like. No, no, no! Like he did it in like a nice way. We joked about it. That'd after. be like if I was like, uh, "We have joined me on the program, Alexander Wong." Like, <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm, I'm like, well, you know, maybe I'll call you Benji if you don't take eight swings to hit a golf ball. Man. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> no, I love you, Ben. Um, um, but like, yeah, the the last time I had the deep dish, I uh, had to famously uh, find an emergency <laughs> washroom <laughs> downtown, walk through what? like four oh, hotels. Where? Oh, yeah. wow, damn. Anyways. Um, um, that covers our flatulence segment. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> that covered the that was sponsored by uh, Lee Ben and, and Orn. Yeah, they love that segment. So, so I, I guess I, I kind of people kind of explained it to me. They were like, it's kind of like a lasagna. It's nothing like a lasagna, man. What are you talking about? But like, it's it's like if you made a pizza in a pie crust. Yeah, it's like it's just stuffed. I, I actually why is like- there so much crust though? <laughs> no, but this is like such an American thing. Like just like excess. Yeah, like yeah, just sure. I get excess. That. Yeah, I like that. it's just yeah. pure excess. Cause like one of the things I always noticed, like, you know, when I was living in the US or like traveling there, it's like just like portions of food. Like the portions of food at most restaurants. It is it is pretty like, big. Yeah. Like we had like breakfast outrageous. sandwiches and there were like foot long sandwiches. Like yeah. why? Which is like not bad. Not not bad, but like it's just like excess culture. But like I actually like deep dish, but it's one of those things where it's like I feel like you just kind of try it once. I, or I twice. just and you can't you can't eat a lot of it. I, I you can't really eat a lot of it. I, I definitely tapped out after three slices, and the third slice was mostly. Oh, just that's like, a lot. I just that's a lot, man. We had people at the table who ate like five slices, but regardless, I, I I think, yeah, my review of it was just it was just fine. Like I prefer pizza in like the Italian way, I suppose. You know. Yeah. Um. You just want pizza as is. 
I, I just like a margarita pizza, like, you know, Napoli style, like that, that kind of thing, you know, like, but yeah, in, in any case, it, it was cool. Obviously you got to go to have, you know, deep dish in Chicago, went to a, yeah. a bar afterwards as well. It was really cool. Again, everyone just had a great time. And then the morning after Sunday morning, we went to Chinatown for dim sum. It was a really good pick by, by the group. Um, nice. Dim sum was great. Order some chicken feet to test people. Um, two people did pass yeah. the test, including including Joshua. So that's good. And then we went to see a yeah. White Sox game, which was uh, which was nice. Oh, yeah. sick! Who did they play? So they played the Oakland Athletics, and I'm I'm not tapped. Oh in. no, man! The 38 and 92 Oakland A's. Here's the thing: I was not tapped into baseball at all. So when yeah. I got there, I was like, oh, okay, Oakland. Yeah, all right. You know, Moneyball, Billy B, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh my! This team is so ass. Like they committed like three errors that were like school ground yeah. errors. Like it, the ball would just roll past, or like someone would slip on a ball, like it was a banana peel or something. It was awful. Yeah. Um, no, they're 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 the reason why the Jays aren't going to make the playoffs because Seattle gets to play them like ten times. That's actually insane because that's not fair. But yeah. um, but but did you like the park? The park is nice. I I like the park. So it, you know it used to be called what uh, Cellular Field. Com- is it Comiskey Park? No, no, it's not. Okay. I could not believe the name, name of the though? park of, of, of the Reds, the White Sox played. It's called Guaranteed Rate Field. <laughs> oh my God, man! Yeah, the death, the death of stadium. No, that's, that's the worst one I've ever seen, man. I'm sorry. No, I could not stop laughing at Guaranteed Rate Field. But uh, oh man, but but yeah, no, I, I think it's always cool. Like you know, obviously we got the Rogers Center here, shout to Rogers. Yep. But when you get to like these outdoor parks, um, in the U.S., it's like a different vibe, you know. And the, well, the vibe here is different because guaranteed rate was mashed together as one word. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you got to watch two of the worst teams in the AL battle. Yeah, but it was. Did you guys stay for the whole game? Oh yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was it's a very quick yeah. game, actually. To be honest, like I think the, the yeah. pitch clock and all that kind of stuff is is good. Yeah. Um, no, I'm sure it's a good time when you're going with a group. No, yeah, it was really fun. Um, I had a great time, yeah. and then that that's where I kind of split from the group, and because they were just going to the airport and, and leaving, I was staying for another mm. two nights in Chicago. And so that's where my own little personal adventure began. Went back to Chinatown, mm-hmm. um, went to one of the parks nearby, um, you know, had, you know, some food. There was some uh, thanks to everyone who sent in recommendations as well. I asked for a call on, on Twitter just for some Chicago recommendations. And I followed. Oh, did you end up checking out some of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's sick. Um, yeah. Went to Chinatown, you know, like, uh, you know, they had a lot of bikes and e-scooters and stuff like that. So I just kind of that was my main mode of transport. And Chicago is very bikeable because it's all flat. Um Man, I got too scared to be biking in like places when I try. I, I hear you, but you know, a man like me, I'm, I'm just not too worried. No, I, no, I respect you. Uh, I respect you for that. Biked man. around, went to the park. Obviously, you know, I was mostly saying downtown. I was there for two days, so like, I'm not. Did you Did you check out the Bean? Did Did check out the Bean? I actually went to the Bean twice. Um, unfortunately, mm-hmm. the Bean is under construction. Or like the area, so it's like it's like Union Station right now. Well, kind of, yeah, actually. So the area around the Bean is actually fenced off. Typically, you can just walk up to it, take photos. I mean, uh, people, have seen but it. you can still go and take photos. You can take photos, but through the fence, like the Bean is under lockdown. Oh, what? And Damn. because, um, well, I mean, it's really called Cloud Gate, but no one calls it Cloud Gate, right? But it's like, um, yeah, because the Bean is so reflective. It's just reflecting all the construction underneath it. So typically, the image of the bean is beautiful. It's either people seeing their own image of, of people, and or like the you know gorgeous skyscrapers that are like the signature look of Chicago that's reflected onto yeah. it. Instead, there's nobody around it because there's a fence, and also you're only seeing like construction. So like just like wet cement around everywhere. So oh, that's disappointing. Wasn't the, for wasn't the greatest image of the bean, but the park itself is obviously really beautiful. Millennium Park. They have like a huge like auditorium there. It's like a great sky like a. Like a sculpture kind of coming out the building, 
but it's like a huge public space where apparently they have like live music uh, for free on Saturdays and stuff like that. Walking on some Zumba classes that were happening. It just seemed pretty sick, honestly, the, the Millennium Park in general. Big fountains there. And then, so my goal was like, look, I just wanted to do like, I wanted to have a good time in Chicago, but I wanted to essentially accomplish three things. One, I wanted to see uh, a comedy show in Chicago because Chicago mm. is like one of the birthplaces of comedy, um, I would say, maybe in the world, right? Like, it's just so many great comedians have come through Chicago. So I wanted to see a true comedy show in, in Chicago. I wanted to see like a live jazz bar or like a, like a blues bar or something like that. So I wanted to see live music because, again, there's obviously a lot of strong ties there. Um, and then I wanted to also do <laughs> because i love the bear so much i had this idea where i was like i'm just going to look up some of the restaurants that were featured in the bear and see if any of them are open and available for me to go to during the time yeah of my that's trip. sick so i i wanted to go like visit some of the bear locations um so yeah that's sick the sunday night i went to blue chicago which was like a like a very old-timey kind of like not even old-timey i would say it's like it's like preserved from like the 60s basically or maybe even the 50s but it's like cash only bar there's a there's a bouncer at the front who's like 80 years old and all he just keeps saying is 12 dollars 12 dollars people trying to hustle the bouncer he's just like 12 dollars right you got to pay the cover to get in there's only like 99 people that can be in the bar at all at any given point um it's a cash bar it's like you know just um like wood everywhere it's like again like the cash registers are metal and all that kind of like mechanical and then there's just a stage at the top and they just like have live blues nightly. And I got to say, like the music was phenomenal. Like I'm not even a big like blues or rock and roll. Or, to be honest, I'm not even that big of a fan of that genre of music, but it was just a great performance. And by people that I quite frankly wasn't even familiar with their game, but they had a great time. That was really cool. I sat there for like three hours, just listened. And I think I spent like probably between cover and like two beers, like 25 bucks. No, this man was sipping on those two beers. I, you know, I was, I was. Trust me, man. I was. This guy was, I was averaging an hour and a half. Well, here's here's the dilemma I ran into. I I forgot to like reload in cash, and I had more American cash oh, on me, but I left okay. it at the hotel. Oh, and, and this place was cash, it was cash only, only yeah. and I didn't want to go to the ATM just for another twenty. So I had this like guy was a, this guy was about to be in the bear working the kitchen. I legit spent every dollar I had in that place, but I only had like twenty five bucks on me. Uh, yeah. Oh, so you so you weren't nursing the beer. You were nursing the budget. You were nursing the money. Yeah, I just didn't want to spend extra for for the ATM. <laughs> Yo, but an hour, but the beers were like hour, six bucks. So what can I an do? hour and a half per beer is like a Guinness World Record. <laughs> I'm literally making How a world record with the Guinness, man. Yo, that's like that's like one sip every fifteen minutes. <laughs> Yo, yeah, that I, bottle going warm. I was man. taking one sip per song. Like it was tough. But yo, Blue Chicago, man, excellent place. It's it's downtown Chicago. Like obviously, there's lots of like jazz clubs and stuff like that to go to. But like, yeah, this to me was such an authentic experience. No, like, that's sick. This is the type of I, like this. Honestly, I, I maybe I'm being like way too braggadocious about this, but this is the kind of place that like Bourdain would have like profiled if if there was a yeah. Chicago episode or if he were to go. Man, back to I, I I I rewatched that Bourdain episode when he did when he came here, and it, it didn't really hold up. There's an episode in Toronto. <laughs> Layover. It wasn't no oh. reservations. Oh, yeah, didn't it was like he, oh, a didn't he go to Asian Legend? Um, I, 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 I don't know if he did because I didn't. I didn't even finish the episode. Okay, I had, okay. To, I had to turn it off. Right. So he he might have gone, but it was just a lot of people from Toronto talking about like just stereotypes. Got you. Uh, and I, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So so you had a Bourdain. 
You felt like Anthony Bourdain. No, the blue blue Chicago was sick. Like the, even the decorations on the walls are just like <laughs> I'm, I'm, old. Like I'm calling you. I'm calling you Lee Bourdain. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's kind of hard, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, why is adding Lee at the front of any name hard? <laughs> that's actually sick, man. Yeah. So I, whatever, all blue right. Chicago. So if, blue if Chicago. Chicago if highly recommend. Highly, highly recommend. All right, like you, okay. you gotta go. Uh, pin, pin that on your Google Maps. Yes. Yeah. So next day, I had a full day in Monday in Chicago. First thing I did yeah. was the architectural boat tours. So Chicago, obviously, is, there's a there's like a couple of rivers in the city, and so it's actually a great way to sort of see the city, especially the skyscrapers and the architecture. The history of architecture in Chicago is like really, really rich, and like you know, a lot of people claim that the skyscraper was kind of invented or perfected in Chicago, and the, just the architecture is just is striking. Like it's the number one thing I would say about the city. My impression of it was just how beautiful it was. Uh, and then, yeah, there was like a professor of that, you know, of architecture, I suppose, um, who was kind of leading this boat tour. And yeah, it's like an hour and a half. We just drive up the rivers and he's just explaining building by building all the places, all the unique aspects of it, the history of it, the people who have lived in there. He was like, here's where Oprah stayed, like in this building that kind of looks like a snake. Um, mm. And here's this building. Here's where Obama used to play basketball. Here's like the Chicago Tribune. Like, uh, there's just so many memorable buildings in that whole area. Um, again, the, the, the architecture in Chicago was was tremendous. It was so good that after the trip, I was like, I asked him, I was like, where can I learn more about architecture in Chicago? He pointed me to the architecture museum. So I, yeah, there's a museum there. I was gonna say. So I went there as well, and I bought a bo- oh, and I bought a book on Chicago architecture. I just I was just floored. It was just such a beautiful place. Oh man, it. this guy's locked in, man. I think I think there's been some Chicago architectural people who are like responsible for doing stuff in toronto too. yeah i wouldn't be surprised because like you know uh, for example like, the financial district district actually yeah i i mean I, again i wouldn't be too surprised i mean there's definitely like great schools of architecture in chicago but even a lot of chicago mm-hmm. architects or the firms are being contracted to build some of them like for example the sears tower which is now the willis tower used to be one of the tallest structures or maybe the tallest freestanding structure in the world Maybe in like the sixties or something. I don't even know the history perfectly, but now it's obviously like the Burj Khalifa is like twice as tall as it. One of the people that was contacted to build the Burj Khalifa was the was a Chicago architect. You know what I mean? Like so, they have like a really strong like history of architecture and especially skyscrapers in Chicago itself. So that tour was like a must do. It was such a great time. Uh, went to David Pier for like five minutes just to take a photo and then left because there's nothing else to do there. Uh, it's very overrated in my opinion, but it's probably good for family. But yeah, I went to the museum there. Then I went to the Art Institute, which is, you know, one of the most famous museums, I would say, in all of America, especially for art museums. It's the one with the two bronze lions in the front. And um, it you need like I, I honestly I would have needed like three days in there to have seen every piece. But they had art from like literally all over the world. Um, but they had a Van Gogh exhibit. Um, the, Van Gogh and the avant-garde so Van Gogh and like three other guys that were you know very very famous let's be honest but like they're, they're just their paintings and everything was great saw a lot of American art um, they had a, like, like an actual sarcophagus in there as well in the what? back I know right they had like a whole bunch of like pieces from like the Silk Road they had like art from Native Americans they had art from like you know just all, all across like they had like they grouped into four regions of Africa like directionally but like they had literally art from all over the world, like Greek art. They had like, you know, Roman art, all the all the kind of stuff. Um, beautiful. A lot of American art as well. Got to see, you know, um, American Gothic. You know, the, the image of the, the the farmer man holding the trident oh, yeah, with yeah, the, yeah. his wife standing beside him. So that's like that's, that's there. I saw Van Gogh's like self portrait was was in there as well. That's obviously a very iconic image. Every time I look at Van Gogh, I'm like, that's Kieran. 
uh, our former work <laughs> no worker. Way, man, no man, that's that's actually spot on. That's that's Kieran with one ear. That, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that, that's Kieran before he fought Mike Tyson. Uh, and <laughs> but no, the museum itself was just so good. Like I literally couldn't go through all of it. The mother's modern art, there's photography. There's like they have like the original Chicago Public Stock Exchange. That building was torn down, and they recreated the whole entire stock room in just like a corner of this museum. It's it's again like it's like one of the most stunning museums I've ever been to. It's a little bit expensive. It's like I think it's like fifty bucks Canadian to go in, but still, hmm. it's it's completely worth it. You need like three days in there to see everything, though. Then I was like, all right, I'm hungry. I got to hop on a bike. Um, so I biked across downtown, I suppose, to one of the spots in uh, the Bear. So the place is called Public Quality Meats. It's just like, it, it's so there's a scene in season two, episode one, where Sydney is just like looking for inspiration around what to design the menu at the Bear, right? And Oh, yeah, that was a sick episode. Right, so she's just going around the city, and, like, I looked up all those spots, and one of the only places that was open was actually Public Quality Meats. By the time I got there, so it's, like, basically a deli, but, like, an upscale kind of deli. And I got there, and they were like, actually, lunch service is over, um, but there's one sandwich there. And I was like, all right, whatever, I'm, I'm just going to take that one sandwich. Sat down, and then took a picture of the place, and I think I sent it to you, but, like, it's essentially exactly where where uh, Sydney was in the show. And then I've had the sandwich and the sandwich was amazing. It was like a very simple sandwich, like French bread cut in half with like, you know, uh, lots of ham in the middle and some like Parmesan cheese and some avocado. But it was just like delectable. I don't know. That's the only word I can really say about the sandwich was great. Yeah. Then I hung around in the area some more, just wandered into like some random back alley, realized it was actually a restaurant where there was like lots of like barbecue being served inside a barn. Um, and the back alley is sort of where Damn. everyone's sitting and eating. There was like a ramen place nearby. There's a, a restaurant that, um, you know, our guy, Mike Without M, recommended to us um, called Oshavao as well. So, like, there was just a great, like, food uh, area. If, if, if it was recommended by the homie, it must be $4. Was no, it, it $4? No, it was uh, actually it was fairly affordable. It was like 30 bucks. I know I he's say. living large. No, but it was like 30 bucks. Oh, I, he, he listens to the show. He knows my budget. He knows I didn't use the ATM <laughs> and only sipped on two beers. Yo, saving saving the what, what, what $5 fee at the ATM is so... That's quintessential. Well, that's a new bro. level. Um, so, yeah, and I... I don't know. I, I just had another couple of meals, and then I was like, "All right, I, I can't eat anymore. I have to go home." Um, by the way, there was the opportunity was on the table to go to Aber Restaurant, which is the restaurant that Richie worked in, where he staged in. Oh yeah, but 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 you said but you said you had to put down like a deposit. You had to put down a one hundred dollar deposit to make a reservation yeah. per person, uh, and yeah. you know, in the shows portrayed that like people wait on the wait list for three months. I was very pleasantly surprised to see there was actually one opening for Tuesday, but it was actually at 9 p.m. Yeah. So I was I was already gone. Ah, uh, but otherwise you would have. I would have gone. Yeah. Um, but it oh, it was would have been amazing. Pretty sick. Oh, I, in between I got like a a beef sandwich as well. I mean, you kind of have to go get a beef sandwich again. It's just part of the bear tour. But I did not go to the actual beef um in the city. I didn't know where that was. Um, then yeah. I went. Well, I went to the hotel. I was like, all right, I got to go see a comedy show. So I just like. Went to again. I just looked at what was available. The, the place was like kind of north from where I was staying, like almost to almost at Lincoln Park. It's called Zanny's, um, mm. and not not Zanny's <laughs> in, in the drug. Isn't kind that of what people take? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people were taking Zanny's and going to Zanny's. But so it's another really old timey kind of like comedy bar where you go in and it's like you only have like a hundred seats and everyone's sitting like knee to knee, like it's really packed tight in there. There's just obviously just a stage for the comedian. And then all around the walls of it are just like old portraits of like old comedians who have come in. And it's like 
the history of it was in, was nuts. I was walking around and like it was like Chappelle, Eddie Murphy, like Richard Pryor, like um, you know, uh, you know Hannibal Burris, like Bill Burr, like Jimmy O Yang performed in there. Like it was just like just this like who's who of comedians who have ever been in there. But at the capacity is probably only like two hundred people at most. And then the comedian, the headliner was a kind of style of comedy I don't really see very often other than live comedy where they're not just like, here's some jokes I've thought of and I'm going to go through my set. It was very spontaneous. It was like, all right, so whoever's in the first two rows, he's just going to go around and roast all of them. Have a little bit of conversation mm. with them and then just start roasting them. So he wasn't like doing his own his own material. He was just creating material out of like just yeah it's like free it's like hearing freestyle versus like a performance you know what i mean Mm. and like it was very very funny we were all laughing and then eventually i I sat towards the back and eventually he's like yo where are my asians at and there was literally just me no (laughs) i know i was like oh it's my turn right so it's like me and this other guy who's sitting in front of me uh and so he couldn't really see me at first because like the stage is bright and the, the the room is dark, so it really creates this like limited vision opportunity. But he saw the guy in front of me was roasting him about it, told some Asian jokes, and he's like, "Wait, is there one more Asian guy back there?" And then like that's where he saw me, and I was like, "Yeah, what up?" And then so he's like, "Yo, what's your name?" You know, all that kind of stuff. I was like, "My name's Will," and he's like, "Will, what's your real name?" And so I gave him uh. my, I gave him my Chinese name, and he's like, "All right, that's that's kind of that's kind of sick." He's like, "What do you do?" And he didn't even roast me. It was somebody in the crowd. He was like, yo, man, what do you do for work? And one of the guys in the crowd just yelled, Samurai. And I was like, yo, all right. <laughs> all right. You know, in those in those comedy environments, you just got to no, go. No, with I it, wasn't you know? offended. It's like no holds barred. I wasn't offended, yeah. but it was so funny that like he actually sized up roast, roasting me because he's like, you know what? That's so good. I'm not going to actually you know, continue. You know what? Now now that I've had five seconds to think about it, I actually take that back. There's some like pent up racism in that oh, man. Like this man's been waiting to call an Asian guy a samurai for years, I think. I was like, well, oh, how man. am I going to work as a samurai, man? But I was like, you know what? The top <laughs> knot, I can kind of see, like, maybe some samurais. <laughs> no, no. Do not justify this guy's racism. Man. No, it's pretty great, man. He, By the way, the comedian also told, a, a, like, an actual rehearsed joke about his experience, like, playing in casinos. And he's like, yo, just, you got to go to the Asian dealer. And he talked about, yeah. like, the uh, games with the best odds. He was talking about Baccarat. He was playing Pargao, yeah. Pygao. Oh, so you're saying I could be a comedian. Uh, I could do stand-up because yeah. I could do that. You could probably do that. You yeah. could probably call me a samurai as well. But the Zanies yeah. was actually a really, really fun place. And then, yeah, I went home the, mor- the next morning. What did I do, man? I went to, I, you know, Asad recommended me to go to the planetarium. So I went there. It's kind of a very kid-friendly place. But, you know, it's always yeah. nice to well, learn there, about planets. Is there, a pickup bas- is there a pickup basketball game there? That's what that's what Asad is known for. Uh, no, I no. <laughs> pickup game stats. He was like, you got to go to the planetarium. Like last time I was there, it brought me to tears. And I was like, wow, okay, all right. Oh, man. It's like it makes you feel so small in the universe. And I watched it and I was like, all right, this is cool. Yeah. Man, shouts to Asad. It's kind of like yeah. a children's museum. And then the last thing I did before yeah. leaving, I, I needed to get like just a meal before getting on the plane. And mm. it was just this place called, um, I know you got to go, so I'm going to make this really quick. No, don't worry. I already bumped Orin by 15 minutes. Oh, okay. Minutes. All right. Um, You're like, I'm potting. Yeah. So um, the place, w- and again, I'm just walking back to the hotel to cut my bags. And so the place was called like the the goat something? Hold on. Uh, why is it not showing my list? Man, hit up, hit up Will, by the way, for this list, man. Is it, no, girl and the goat? No, that's something else I want to. That's a restaurant. Nah, man. That's Giannis with his girl, man. No, that's, relax, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious, though. Uh, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back with you shortly. Man. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm looking on the wrong street. My bad. <laughs> like, 
This man just froze no, like no, Mitch no. McConnell. I, I, no, I, yo, relax, man. What, what, Mitch, what? Uh, Mitch, please. Why can I not find this place? All right, hold on. I yo, put in my keep really, notes. Yo, you I, really froze keep, up like Oh, it's McConnell. called the Billy Goat. It's called the Billy Goat. And I couldn't find okay, it because Chicago Billy has goat. like two... Actually, Chicago's done a really good job of building their downtown infrastructure, I feel like, where like it's like three levels. There's like street level. There's like... Which is like ground level, which is kind of below street level, mm. street level above where you can most people are just walking and you're literally seeing sunlight. And then there's a second level of it where like, you know, um, the, the trains are something like that. So um, when you're walking down the street level on Michigan Avenue, like that's like the main avenue. That's like literally where Michael Jordan Steakhouse is, for example. Like it's like the main area, like Nordstrom. It's like Bloor, I suppose, in, in Toronto terms. Um, and you're walking around, you're looking at all these like gigantic buildings and right above it is like the, like really famous art deco, one of the many art art deco skyscrapers, but like the art deco skyscraper right beside the Trump tower. Um, Mm. and I was like looking for this place and it's like, it looked like a little rundown hamburger shop, but I was like, where is this going to be? And I was looking around on the map and I realized I was like, is it underneath? And I went underneath and literally underneath looks like if you go walk underneath uh, the gardener, for example, it's like that kind of like vibe. And mm. there was just this one random sandwich shop and I went in and it's like a really old timey kind of Chicago sandwich shop where all they had was like three. I'm not even kidding. They had like four items on the menu. You can't even get fries in there. It's just like you have like you can get a cheeseburger, a hamburger or like a, a steak burger, which is essentially they just get a pork chop. They, they, they fry it up and then they cut it up for you and put it on a bun. And it was also really great. So, yeah, I mean, it just felt like one of those kind of like holes in the walls. It's also like people drinking in there and like. 10 a.m. It was kind of kind of fun just to see that. Uh, yeah, damn. But yeah, it's just I don't know, man. I just had a great time in Chicago. I just felt like no, impressed by their music, impressed by their comedy, impressed by their architecture. You just impressed, you know, just sort of with the way the city was laid out. I, I, again, like for for like four days that I spent there, like it's probably as good as I could really ask for for a trip. So no, great it sounded time, it sounded like a it sounded like a great trip, man. And people should hit Will up for for Chicago list, man. Just can't, still can't believe you nursed the two beers for three hours. I mean, again, if I had more cash, I, 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 <laughs> no, I had more cash at the hotel. I just didn't want to. I, I considered like because I was tipping at the end and I was like, yo, because I wanted to like tip the musicians, tip the bartender uh, and also buy a postcard from there, which were like a dollar. And I had exactly yeah. six dollars left. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I could actually use the six dollars to buy an, a third beer because they were six dollars exactly. But then I wouldn't have any time to uh, money to tip them. And I considered yeah. like buying a beer and then tipping the bartender like twenty bucks Canadian or something. And I'm like, here, I swear this is money. Oh yeah. But then I was like, yeah, yeah, if yeah. American, if an American person saw me hand them a plastic bill, I might as well tip them Monopoly money. Like, uh, yeah, I feel like you could have gone away with tipping the Canadian. Though. Yeah, I know, but. They 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 would they would have appreciated, but no, this is like the time when I when I forgot my wallet at work and you had to give me all your change. Oh yeah, yeah. And then I would have bought like two scratch cards. Oh wait, that was yeah, that was sick behavior. Because <laughs> I was gonna turn that into a fifty. Yo, and then buy myself a new wallet. You're sick, man. That's actually uh, that's not right. Like that that's not right. Yeah, you know what? I'm glad I'm glad several things worked out for me in life because I feel like I could have gone down another path. Yeah. Uh. Anyways, no. It sounded like a great trip. No, I'm, I'm I, I just love Chicago. I'm, I'm glad to. I'm glad to hear it, man. Yeah. Um. No, Chicago honestly is like a cool place. Um, yeah. I feel like I would definitely I move. Like it. I definitely move there. Catch me doing the bullshit. Oh damn, man! This guy talking Chicago like it's Tokyo, <laughs> man. No, honestly. All right, settle down. Settle down, man. When I came back to Toronto, I was like, all right, this is this is I right. like. No, man. Where's, where's our, where's our history, man? No, we need to slow down. Man. Our history is yeah, literally like history. What, 
I feel, <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's what we all do sometimes though. It's like we come back from trips and yeah. then we like look down look down on Toronto a little bit. Yeah, it, you have this affair and then you come back home to your family and you're like, "All right, this is not as exciting." Obviously, you're having an affair, man. It's, it's a very that's exaggerated why I don't, feeling. Don't don't have kids, don't get married. Man. Uh, all um right. yeah, that's uh that's uh Oh yeah, yeah flu porter uh, as well. That's also beautiful. Yes. Yeah, so literally were... in and out of security in five minutes, man. And like it wasn't crowded, and they're like <laughs> comfortable believe... chairs. In year... Yeah, in the year 2023, this man's giving me Yo, his first ever porter experience. I, I couldn't believe it, man. You can walk through the tunnel, or you can take the ferry. Oh, it's it's you amazing. Can get beer man. and it's wine amazing. on the plane if you want to, but I didn't even need to. Like I was just, I, man, I just took yeah, a nap. They, they used like... to have they used to have free cookies and chips. They still like, have at, that. At, really? I thought they took that well, away. Well, on the plane. I mean, uh, like, what do you mean? Like, no, they used to have it at the airport oh, in the waiting area. It doesn't even matter. The, like, the, it was it was like a free The food there was actually reasonably priced. It wasn't like, oh, here's $10 for one <laughs> coffee. It's like, no, here's $10 for, like, a sandwich. Like, I never heard no, someone I, do a porter ad in the year. You can't you, you can't even describe the difference between the experience of flying at Billy Bishop versus flying at Pearson, man. Pearson is no, like Billy, hell on earth compared no, to this, man. No, Billy Billy Bishop is a uh, elite. Like you think about like like where I live. Like if I'm not carrying a lot of stuff, I can just walk there. Yeah, um, you can. Yeah, to, to the airport because that's where we hoop. That is where we hoop. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and you just yeah take the ferry and like you mentioned, like there's never any lines. Like I'm flying Porter next week to go to Montreal. Oh, and beautiful decision. It's just gonna be like no, it's just gonna be like the smoothest experience. Yeah. But it's just hilarious. You're finally appreciating no, Porter. No, I, I, I was right. Porter is first class experience. Like it really is. Like it's not even first class because the planes themselves are so small. I, I, I told like, Mark about this. He's like, "What's he doing? Drinking a steam whistle?" No, I actually just fell like. Asleep. Why is he having such a, like? Why is he having such a great time with Porter? I, I considered getting a lug tread on the way home, but I got a green tea instead, just for. To be oh more no, man! Yeah, this guy finally had cash. Again, no, it was free. Yeah, so actually, I was good on that, but. <laughs> No, it was great. All man. right, so so thumbs up to Chicago, uh, possibly moving. Yeah, in. so my three stars for Chicago. Uh, number one star yeah. was the architectural boat tour. Number two star was Blue Chicago. Number three star was Zanny's. Uh, Gerald Henderson mm. Award. It goes to Porter. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, and Patrick Patterson goes to the guy who called you a samurai. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was so hard, man. I, lo- no, I, lo- man, I love no. real life racism. It's so hard to see it these days. People are so no. Uh, I just so, I, so I, I need to know. I need to know, like, what volume did he shout it at? So he was just a fan, right? But, like, everyone could hear him because he screamed it at the top of his lungs. He was like, Samurai! Like, (laughs) And do you think he, like, liked it a little bit too much when he said it? Oh, well, I mean, everyone laughs, so, like... But, I mean, I don't don't care. It It was genuinely very funny. No, you should care. No, I don't care, man. No, we're not letting this one slide. Yo, it's a comedy bar. If you can't be racist in a comedy bar, where could you be racist? I I know, but like, you know, not not to be woke, dude, but like, you can't just go in that space and be racist. (laughs) Okay, yes, generally I agree. No, but but shouting samurai at someone is insane, even in a comedy bar setting. I Uh, I feel like we can't let this one go. uh, Um, You know what? I, I feel you. I appreciate what you're saying, but... Yeah. yeah, it's all it's it's like. Remember when you got mad when um, Toronto Star did like a COVID article, and then but that was then a, that was a messed up time. Posted man. a photo, and then they took up took a photo of me walking on Queen Street as the main photo. Right, that was that was actually messed up. Like, why was that happening, man? <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like <laughs> messaging Evie and Lee Ban. I'm like, can I get the high res to post on Instagram? Yo, you're th- <laughs> and you're like giving like a four no. tweet thread on X about racism that was the height to of, Asians. That was the height of like it's stop Asian hate. And like they just, it was, they, just they literally it was. used you in that way. Yeah, so no, I hope you no, they did, but I was 
But I was like, man, that's a sick photo, man. Man, um, Kevin Hart played at this place, man. I'm seeing pictures of nah. like, Jay Leno at this place. Uh, <laughs> nah, man. <laughs> Jay Leno, the big chin. He, yo, um, he, might, yeah, he, he really that, is too big, man. That's, oh, never mind. I was going to say that's what the samurai guy was going to call nah, you next. Man, that's man. tough, man. <laughs> Relax. All right. Gonna call me that's, our, air, right? <laughs> that's a that's a wrap on this show. Yeah, thanks so much for listening. Uh, yeah. Go to Chicago. We'll be we have some time. Uh, Will's doing <laughs> Will's doing React Pods. I guess. React Pod coming tomorrow, right? I think at this point with Canada being so good and the games being at like human hours, I, I think I will just do React Pods the rest of the way. Sick. But uh, yeah, React Pod coming out tomorrow. Hopefully Canada takes care of Brazil. Make sure to take number one key is to stop uh, Yago Santos. I feel like. He's their spark buck point guard that's been really doing a great job of, you know, giving them a lot of life on offense. So we got to, you know, keep him on, in, in, in check. But I think Canada has a good shot here. And, uh, yeah, Alex, big thanks to you. You know, say hi to Oren for me. And, uh, yeah, rare review, subscribe to the podcast.